Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 112 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, we uh, we haven't caught up in a while. Uh, how's everything going, my man? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. I uh, actually had a little getaway down in Florida. Mm, must be cu- nice. Customer appreciation. You know, went down there. I saw the uh, Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational at Bay Hill. Wow. So guys uh, from North American Crane and Rigging. So we uh, partner up with them to install some stuff on our jobs. And they're great guys, uh, Derek and owner Pat and Jake. A lot of great guys but um yeah it was nice to get out of the uh the cold for a little bit and taking some golf instead of getting the bug you know did you play no i didn't play but we had uh we had plenty of viewing oh and this is great it was the leaderboard was um kind of bunched up on sunday so yeah it was a great the- ending i didn't i i was too busy being a parent but <laughs> yeah didn't get to watch unlike you so yeah <laughs> We were on 14, so the last group went through, and everyone starts rushing over to 18. But I'm like, look at this leaderboard. It's going to go to a playoff. So I was talking to the security guy and or some official, and they're like, they're going to do 16 and then 18 or something like that, 16, 17, 18. So I hedged it. I'm like, boys, let's just go to the uh, 16 green. So we're there with like an you know empty like grandstand with just the staff. Yeah, it didn't go to a playoff. <laughs> 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 where there's no one around <laughs> we're watching it on tv oh that's awesome yeah that's awesome going to those golf tournaments is such a blast obviously the last one i went to was the u.s open here in boston right but it's so cool to just see those guys and how good they are it's, un- it, it, it's unbelievable our tent got hit twice though i'm like i need tents on the uh you know power three you know lining the the green it went off the roof and it landed like right on the green. I'm like, that's that's yeah. cheating, isn't it? Yeah, that would help us up. <laughs> we need like we the played is, like the first time I ever played at um that TPC Scottsdale uh, was like they had that set up. You know what I mean? Because they have stadium, that, yeah, yeah stadium. And I'm like, dude, this is easy. Like I ricochet shot. Like next thing you know, I'm like, this is like it's like mini golf. Yeah, you just know your angles. Exactly. Exactly. It's like using the wall in in uh, in, in hockey. Dan Whitney uh, quote, you know, use the yeah, wall, boys. Use the wall team game. So, yeah, Keep it, it simple, solid, and smart. Got um, we got states coming up for Brooke. We got to practice tonight and uh, get the girls ready to rock. First games tomorrow, so we're uh, you know, girls are excited, excited, yeah. and nervous, which is fun. Oh, that's great! Yeah, busy, uh, busy time of year. I know since we last chatted, I I, I saw your uh, your nephew play. Uh, I went over to the CM versus Milton game that kind of kicked off the first day of the Massachusetts High School State tournament. 
And, um, you know, those guys, they look good. CM ended up, you know, a lot of guys that, that we used to coach or guys that, you know, you, you coached, I coached obviously at different times. So it was really cool to see those guys playing on the big stage. That game was over at the warrior rink with the Bruins practice and uh really cool atmosphere and uh good to see a motto out on the ice. I didn't see big Rob though, but I did see, uh, a former teammate of yours, Tony McGahee. So he was a, you know, a little backstory to that. He was a, he played for my father at Randolph High and he was deaf. And actually, I don't know if he's, you know, he he's probably a trivia question, right? But the only um, deaf player to ever play, I remember watching him play in the Bean Pot. He played at Northeastern and was a great, like, hard-nosed player. But he was, uh, you know, we went through, he uh, he said to Mots, he, he's like, Hey, tell Mots I said no fear, and he did the sign. Yeah. And uh, and then I, I was like, dude, I got to get a video of it for you. You know, he it taught was, me uh, a lot more than that in sign language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, one of my yeah, really good friends growing up, and just a sweetheart of a person, great family, and um, he had one of the best. He know, had a cannon of a yeah, shot. Shots, you know, growing up in slap shot, and then he was the first one to ever do the pick it up and throw it. Mm-hmm. on a breakaway he, back when you had to like push down on it and spin yeah, yeah he had the old friction tape and i was yep. like he learned it at stan makita's um camp out in chicago right he was really involved with the deaf uh you know so tony was a deaf olympian and coached yep. as well and um but i was just amazed i'm like there's not a chance i can do that i yeah. still can't <laughs> <laughs> no no way so, none of yeah, us what, what, what a great guy but that was a, a great video to get and Glad you're able to get over there and watch uh, your old alma mater, one of your alma maters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick, you know, two Super Eight titles for me, mm-hmm. no big deal. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the Massachusetts High School tournament's off and running. Uh, girls and boys, I know that's that's very busy. Uh, I'll walk you down my weekend. So Saturday morning, I started out with an early morning game in Tingsboro, out at good old Skate Three. Uh, that, like I said, that was bright and early. Went from Skate Three to the Route 146 rank down in uh, North Smithfield, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. back to Merrimack, back to North Smithfield. So it was four day, four four games, and the day started out, it was kind of, we got a little nasty weather here in Boston. So I had some serious windshield time uh, catching up on, 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 you know, different podcasts and whatever it was. And, uh, but the boys, so that was my 2009, 2011s. They had the round robin, uh, first weekend of the playoffs and both Colin and Liam's team ended up uh, going three and all. So it was a su- successful weekend. And, and now we're on to the semifinals coming up um, both teams this, this Saturday, and hopefully we can make the ships on, uh, on Sunday. So pretty, uh, pretty exciting time. And then next thing you know, we'll be right into tryout. So it's, uh, yeah. it's madness, madness, but yeah, that was, uh, I put some wear and tear on the old F one fifty. Yeah, and you know because they won and played well, it was all coaching, right? Naturally, yeah, yeah. naturally. Yeah, my uh, buddy Phil Joyce sent me a message. He's a listener, and he had something similar, and he was all over the place. He was down Deep Cape, Marlboro, back and forth. Oh. Yeah, it was just one of those weekends because he's uh, you know coaching both teams as well. So shout out to Phil for listening. Little uh, windshield time, turn the shrinks on. So. But I yeah, that's uh, a lot of commitment, but well worth it, right, man? Yeah, no, it was great, and it was just enough time that we, you know, and, and thank God, you know, with, with the dumb USA hockey rules, some extra whistles, <laughs> games running late and stuff. But it was just enough time for me to get to basically to every game on Sunday. I did the old flip a coin, 
because uh, the boys' games did overlap, so we had to kind of divide and conquer. And Joanna's like, why am I like the the option B here? You know what I mean? <laughs> but they uh, – Liam was like, mom, you can just come to my game. And, uh, you know, typical third kid sucking up to his mother. And, and <laughs> I went down and, and coached the 09 game uh, down in Rhode Island. So that was it was pretty, pretty exciting. And then um, all good, all good, busy time. And then Sunday I went up to uh, St. Anselm's and caught the the finals of the prep schools, which, you know, we, we've talked about that. Obviously, Ryan was playing this year and uh, it was really good up at St. A's. Uh, the Elite Eight was a was a great game between Avon Old Farms and my actual alma mater, Cushing. Uh, great game, two one game. Cushing got a little bit. They got two penalties. One of them while they were already shorthanded, two hundred feet from the net. Um, Avon ended up scoring on the five on three to make it two to one. It was a you know great battle back and forth. And uh, and then they got the empty netter. And I also caught the very end of uh, the Lawrence Academy game. That game went into overtime. A couple of kids that we used to coach uh, were on that team. And Robbie Barker is the coach up at Lawrence. So it was really cool to see them win the small school championship. They beat the Frederick Gunn School in overtime. And then the, the large school tournament, um, Taft beat Salisbury three to two. I missed that game, but it was really cool. But let me ask you about this. So it was packed. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to that rink at St. A's. Nice, nice rink. Yeah, it's good barn. Not a single snack bar open. Right. Yeah, I'm like, dude, obviously these people aren't in the business of making money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, like so many kids, like I, I ran into Chris Bork up there, former guest, obviously he's scouting for, for Toronto. And like he had his two kids because he was coming from playoff games himself and, and he had his wife with him and he's like, my kids are like dying right now. They, yeah, like you know, it'd be nice to be able to shove some popcorn or a pretzel down their throat or something, you know? Yeah, it is a nice ring right on campus. Uh, been up there a few times, but that's unfortunate. I mean, you would think, right? I mean, you're hosting a you know a bunch of games, high level games. There's going to be a lot of people there. Um, bus loads of bus loads of high school kids coming in. Yeah, um, but yeah, as far as the the hockey though. I mean that's that's high level hockey around here and in the New England area and or northeast in general and um, you know every game was tight though I mean yeah was, it was really good yeah really good so that's uh, great that you're able to take it in yeah I had to 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 go up obviously it was um, you know you you want to see. I want to see the Cushing boys rally and win, but you got to give the you know hats off to Avon. Those guys uh, have it's a great program down there in Connecticut, and you know produce some high high end talent guys that are you know still playing in the NHL, and uh, so it was it was good stuff. I know Cushing had a, a a great run, right? It was it was you know it's tough losing your last game, but those guys should all be proud. Everybody that was there, for that matter. Yeah, you know the since we last recorded. You know, Ryan had a very, uh, you know, his, his team had a very good game against St. Sebastian's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we talked about it, but it was uh, a chance for them to get in. But you got to win win the games that you need to and take care right. of your own on your, on your own. And uh, the, the banquet was last night. You know, a lot of great, uh, you know, friendships being formed and have been formed. And that's what it's all about. You know, they got all together and the juniors gave the seniors like parting gifts and stuff. It was It was a lot of fun. No, that's great. And that tradition, that's what it's all about. And guys, you know, they, they're passing the torch. That's, uh, that's awesome. Mots, we had a, a quick mailbag question I wanted to touch on. And, and it's more of like a 
statement, I would say. So it's not much of a question, but I want to get your take on it. So this is from Master P in Boston. Can a goalie dads maybe try watching the game from the other end of the ice of the kids playing goalie? Maybe see if it's less distracting. So I think what they're talking about, is, you know, what Master P is talking about is the goalie, like, tracking each end. So, like, you know, sitting there in the corner making glove saves with the kid. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a natural reaction or, you know, just to be closer to the action where your kid's playing. Um I never really, I mean, forwards parents do it a lot down the offensive zone. So, I mean, you would have to, you know, broad stroke it, but there's just one goalie, right? Right. And his focus should be on the puck, not where dad is. Um, But, you know, I don't think we can help that. I think that's just. No, I, I, but I do think it's just a distraction. Distraction. I think it's a, even for the for the parents that are walking back and forth. It's like find a spot in the rink and just stand there and watch it. Like, do you really need to be standing on the behind the glass or behind the net when your kids are forward and then switching every time? It's like gold, it's man, dude. So actually, I got two things that just popped into my head. I got a I got a message from a young goalie. Not a. I'm sorry, a witness to a goalie younger kid that parents put a headset in his helmet and they were communicating no with him. No way. Yep. That was somebody, somebody that sent facts? me that a while. That's a fact. Yeah. Somebody sent me, uh, which is, that's insane. I mean, what, what are you going to do or what are you going to say that would really benefit? He's going back like, in. He's going back in. Yeah. Going back. Back, back door. That's the back only door. back door. Like, like, it's like the you know the hockey like the, helmet helper. They're sitting there, like the the goalie standing there like this with the earmuffs on, like the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. When the, you know he's he's telling the stands, everybody in the stands, like quiet down. But <laughs> it's crazy. Too much crazy. crowd noise. Yeah, like hey, everybody tone it down. So that was wild. And then the other thing, uh, speaking of parents switching ends, as we've talked about, so Kevin Hayes was big. Kevin Hayes, Mister Hayes was. So, a crazy hockey bad uh, father, self-admitted. When his kids were at BC, he used to buy a ticket at each end of the rink. So he had a spot to go. So he had a spot to go in each period, right? So it, which way they were shooting twice, and when and and the second period, the other way, he had to sit down. He had a seat down there as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's personal preference, and that's just something that people like to do. I mean. I don't think it's a character flaw by any means, but to the, the to answer the question, it could be less distracting for a goalie if the goalie is looking, you know, where the, where the parent might be. But um, ultimately, I don't think we, we – we don't have much influence on that. Yeah. No, unfortunately, we do not. Um, Mots, I talked about the uh, – the playoffs and all that type of stuff, and and you know nobody wants to blow a wheel while they're in a playoff game with the or, or a state tournament game like you got coming up here. So make sure you head on over to SparksHockey.com. Use the code BYMOTS for fifty dollars off your Spark Sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head to sparkshockey.com, order your machine today, and make sure you use that BYMOTS uh, discount code. Yeah, I'll be bringing it to Marlboro, you know, so you don't have to. I mean, they just put it on the Sparks machine themselves there at the 
skate shop. So, dude, you can plug it right into the truck. Yeah, there you go. Just you know, anyone uh, who needs it, if someone does blow a wheel, you know, we'll, well, maybe we'll charge them double. But, <laughs> uh, no, but just make sure you uh, check out sparkshockey.com. It's a great, um, you know, product to use, and you know, we can't speak highly enough for the support that Sparks gives us and the product that they have. Uh, it just makes it so convenient. And uh, make sure you check them out, sparkshockey.com. You use by mods. And uh, Mots, I think you know we f- failed to mention this, but um, we do have Colby Armstrong coming on, who obviously is a great guest. Uh, it was awesome catching up with him. He's got a lot going on between uh, being a hockey dad and and coach, and also you know he works for the Penguins, he works at TNT, he's got a, a million different things. So I thought this was a great interview, and I think it's time to uh, send it over to him. What do you think? Yep, great guy, great interview. Um, hope you guys enjoy. All right, and our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast is a first-round pick, number 21 overall by the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played three full seasons with the Red Deer Rebels of the WHL, 476 NHL games with Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Toronto, Montreal. And now, I mean, this guy's got more jobs than than even you, Mots. I don't know. He, this guy's <laughs> everywhere. Clean. Uh, yeah, Mr. Clean, you name it. He's a, uh, you know, and, and most recently a uh, – co-host with our boy Matt Murley, former guest of the Chicklets Game Notes podcast. Uh, welcome to the, to the Rink Shrinks, Colby Armstrong. All right, boys. Thanks for having me. I'm, I know I, I'm talking to you guys for a while, at least BY anyway, trying to get on here, but uh, uh, timing and everything, and I'm busy. You're right. I have like, it's ridiculous. I, I have like, I think I have like five jobs. <laughs> you just got to find one that pays you like That's the right amount thinking. of money. I keep thinking that I just, yeah, exactly. That's it. You know what I got? Uh, it's actually kind of good advice, but it's really ham. It's re- like this year has been hammering me. Um, Kelly chase. He said to me when I first started doing media, I stopped playing and he's from Saskatchewan. So am I. And he was doing like blues color and all this different stuff. I think NHL network at the time. He's like, buddy, you got to keep hitting singles. Just keep hitting singles. Like if you get a chance to do something, get it, take it, pocket it, you know, like, uh, good experience also to do lots of different things, but keep hitting singles, kid. They all add up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm just like banging down singles like mad right now. It's great. You got hey, opposite you, field. You yeah. Know, you, you little Texas it. league, is, you name just it. Just getting little, on base. Getting on base. That's what it's all about. No, that's yeah. great. We, uh, we're super excited. And obviously, you know, we've, we've got to hang out a bunch. Um, it's great to see you in the mix with with Wit and Biz and Ra and Merles and Grinelli and everybody. So, um, and we've been listening here. So, but let let's kind of you know start things. Let's talk about you, the hockey player, to start. Obviously, growing up in Saskatchewan, um, you know, where did you fall in love with the game? What were your first memories of it? Uh, I just I, I guess I just like anyone else. Like I just fell in love with watching hockey on TV. I think that's where it kind of started. But uh, ever since I picked it up. Um, you know, I think it helped having a younger brother that I could bang around with all over the place, like, you know, <laughs> in the basement or on the street and, and, and living in Saskatchewan too, because where we're from guys, right? Like you can, you got like access to ice for like eight months of the year for free yeah. outside, either in the backyard or down at the park where they have, we have like an outdoor rink in every park. So it's like super easy to get, get out there and, and play, but yeah, it's religion up there. Yeah, it's religion. Yeah. So from a young age, like I was just like started doing that. And then 
it, it, I was like obsessed with the game. Like I would do it all the time, all the way through high school. Like if I, it was summertime, I was rollerblade hockey in front of my house. Like my, my buddies are riding bikes around the neighborhood. I'm, I'm a dork in like those snap up rollerblades, you know, like <laughs> those like those little things, like so then you snap it down. So it's oh, yeah. like those brutal, brutal plastic ones. Did you take the break the, off though? Yeah, it's the clips for the Peloton bike. Yeah, that's what it is. Peloton bike clip uh, tighteners. And I would just be doing that just in the, in the driveway, like all the time or on the street all the time if I wasn't at the outdoor rink. But yeah, I just became like, you know, I just became like totally obsessed with the game, want to play it all the time and thinking about it. And um, I remember my very, one of my very first games. So like little kid hockey, my dad taking me there, he's tying my skates up in the room. And I remember finding out that we're actually using a real puck on the ice and not a tennis ball. Like, I I don't know why that, that memory sticks in my brain um, in a little small town rink where we were playing in for it. So I was like, I was like, Whoa, really, really a real, like, like the NHL guys use a real puck, not a tennis ball. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I always started skating when I was real young though. Like my mom's a figure skating, power skating coach. And I was, my dad, I was yeah, my, reading that. Yeah. yeah. My dad played like, um, you know, like senior hockey when it was like borderline NHL, <laughs> you know, back yeah. in the day up there, like guys would be getting signing contracts out of like the senior league back in Saski. But, um, so I had like that background in my family guys where I was like on the ice when I was like two years old, I think I was walking out there. And, uh, you know, I had a good background right from the start with just being on my skates. Nice. Now, you, you talked about like that unsanctioned fun with your brother and getting out and playing. You know, that's just something that we always try to promote, you know, but it was, you know, a little different time, you know, for these kids coming through. But talk about your mom and your dad. Were there any other influences like when, it, when you started to play structured hockey? Did your dad coach you or did you have other influences in the area? Yeah, yeah. My dad coached me uh, all the way up, I think, until around Pee Wee. Um, and then we had a, a good coach. His name was Ryan Hoffman. He, he ended up coaching like triple a hockey in, in Yorkton area, like another small town in the midget triple a league in, in Saskatchewan, which is, which was really good and kind of work. I think he was a university student at the time at the U of S in, in Saskatoon and like volunteered to start coaching. So he didn't have a kid on the team. He was just a guy in the area and he started coaching our, our group and kind of stuck with our, our team. Um, you know, I find it so crazy, like just to, like nowadays, like here in Pittsburgh, where I am, uh, like in, in USA hockey and like, what the hell is it? I, I have the hardest time. Cause like I grew up playing and it was like mighty ducks, right? Like your district, whatever. And that's where you right. play. So you go to school with all your buddies and you play on the same team with all your buddies and you can get rides easily. Cause you're friends with all your buddies that you do all your sports with. Cause you live in that district. Well here it's like, a, it's like the wild west, man. Oh, it's freaking crazy. Like, where are you playing here? Boom. You're not next year. You're on another team. Boom. You can go anywhere. It's just like, how, how much do you want to drive? Where do you want to go? So it's, it's, it's chaotic that way. But I remember it being, when being young and, um, you know, having my dad coach all of us and everyone kind of knew each other. We all lived within blocks of each other and, and easy to, you know, get together, or hang out or, you know, see everyone at school. So, um, you know, it, it, it was, yeah, it was my dad probably that was like the biggest hockey role model, I guess, and, and coach and a few other dads along the way that were in there too. Kim Moss up another kid on our team. His dad, uh, was a coach too, had me at my first couple years and, and probably Ryan Hoffman when I was, when I was younger, this other guy, I think, I don't know if he still coaches or where he is, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was really good coach for me uh, when I was younger. So I was like, I was going to say that a bunch of Adam Banks is, 
in the uh, <laughs> you know, the, the cross district line. Just rotate the wrist. Is yeah. it good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good old Banksy. Banksy. Uh, how about the uh, how, how are the edges with mom being a figure skating coach? Like, did, did that stuff come naturally? And we talk about the skating and making plays and and you know the hockey aspect of it. But it, I guess it would it would definitely help with uh, you know with your skating ability having a mom that was a, a figure skating coach. And we're just coming off of uh, you know International Women's Day, so shout out to uh, Mrs. Army. Yeah, Mrs. Army's a she's still going strong teaching skating in Saskatoon. Wow. She's still out on the ice. Yeah. You think her back would like blow out, like bending over to talk to kids and stuff so much. Like how bad is that when you're out with your kids now? Like when they teach them how to skate oh. and you're like behind them, yeah. kind of holding them up as they go, your back's just roasted. So um, shout out to my mom for doing it all these years and still going. But I actually ended up figure skating for like, uh, I think like four or five years um, wow. um, while playing hockey at the same time. So I was like constantly on the ice, constantly at the rink. Um, and then of course, figure skating is much more like, um, how do you, what do you call it? Like a focused, focused edge work and individual. Yeah. But like focused edge work, like you have to be like hold an outside edge, completely solid, like upper body, you know how they have their, like, they're like this, like, yeah, it's, it's different than like, you know, the fluidity of hockey. It's more like controlled strength, um, um, on an edge and sitting on an edge and holding an edge and transferring to another edge. Um, and you know, uh, forwards to backwards, all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, all part of, you know, a lot of the skills within figure skating. So I did it from when I was probably eight years old until I was like 12 or 13, maybe. How many scraps, how many scraps did you get in because you were figure skating boy? I got chirped a lot for it. <laughs> <laughs> I got well, chirped a lot by all the hockey guys. It is that, guys. Co- is that Colby you, kid, the figure skater. Yeah, I was Elvis Stoico over buddy, here. Buddy, I was sniping like <laughs> I was sniping though like five goals so a game. Peak. So, so you know what are you gonna say? They could say whatever. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was I, I had like a little bit of I was like a I was like a little bit of a jerk on the ice, which I I. I try to tell my kid to be like that. He's so nice yeah. though. Like I'm like, dude, you so- get out there. Like, don't be afraid to be a little bit of a jerk, you know? Yeah, when your yeah. helmet goes on, you take it off you're yourself. But when your helmet goes on, like turn into a little bit of a nut job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's hockey, man. It's sports. You gotta have a little bit of that. And I, I actually had that in me. So I was I was like I, I didn't shy away from like being involved when guys were chirping me or being you know, a guy that could kind of answer the bell in hard situations. But it also, I was really small, guys. I was like skinny. I was small. Um, and, but I was really strong on my edges because I think of all the extra skating work that I got. And I knew how to do stuff on my skates that other kids didn't know how to do just because of, you know, that experience of knowing like my edges so well and, um, you know, how to evade and elude and, um, do do lots of different maneuvering that other kids probably didn't have the experience of doing. So it helped me in like harder games when I was late developer, you know, puberty wise and everything. And I'm playing against guys with, you know how it is, like guys have like mustaches and beards. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to survive this? But uh, you get in the fire pretty quick and then, you know, you learn to survive and you learn how to use, you know, all the kind of tools that you have around you to get around everything. Yeah, I, think, I think that's great. And that's something that we, kind of stress as well you know the foundation of skating allows you to absorb some hits and then give out some hits and mm-hmm. be able to protect yourself at times and you know so when there's varying you know developmental times 
a lot of kids uh, get a little nervous and a little scared, but it's good to play with some fear at times. But if you're able to protect yourself with those edges like you did, that's it makes you you know more confident, and then you can work on but you know more parts of your game you know to be more valuable. Yeah, I think I yeah I think you're right. Like I I like what's probably the best development thing that you need. It's skating, right? I would think, and then probably what compete <clears throat> compete level. Like mm-hmm. if your compete levels there and you can skate, like you're gonna work on your skills, you're gonna work on everything else, you're gonna be dialed in, you're gonna be tough to play against, you're gonna be. So I think those two things are like the main thing um, for any kid that you know is is coming through. If you can have those tools as your tool bag, that that'll separate you pretty quick off the start, and everyone will kind of catch up. I think, but um, at least early on in development, I think those those things are pretty key to have. And I remember, you know, speaking of your edges and being strong on your skates, uh, you know, watching you and your pro career and obviously, you know, you're, you're breaking into the to the Pens lineup with Wit, And so I was dialed in every game, but you would throw some vicious hits. You know what I mean? Like yeah. strong on your skates, guys wheeling the net, that D that, you know, maybe wasn't shoulder checking coming around the, the, the net. And you would like that, you know, I would compare it to like a, Matthew Kachuk, this day and age, like you don't see too many guys doing it, but I've, you know, I guess I've seen him do it a, a handful of times. Now you'd probably be suspended for 15 games at a rack, <laughs> oh, yeah. but oh, you, uh, you, you threw some pretty vicious hits for a guy that, you know, from like a fire watching, it was like, all right, this guy's kind of like tall, six two, six three, but you, you were kind of a string bean out there yeah. too. You weren't like as chunky as you are now. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, now I'm, <laughs> you guys, I'm still growing, actually. <laughs> Just keep growing. We all are. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's... it's um, More chins than jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my <laughs> neck just joins straight into my head. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a disease. <laughs> but I... Uh, it That's was some road I, trips now with, with the chicklets crew. Oh, buddy, I got to stay away from those, right? Like, it's just nuts oh, right man. now. Trying to live life, right? You know, it's hard. <laughs> but it, <laughs> when I was, like, in that time, it was it was, it was all process of, of figuring it out, right? Being a, you know, first-round pick. but And then, you know, having the patience to work with myself and be patient with myself and, you know, learn how to play the pro game and, and handle myself in these kinds of situations against – you know, other guys that are built completely different. And a lot of guys like, <clears throat> you know, you guys, you guys know this, like a lot of the game was, has changed. Like a lot of the D were like, you know, six, three, two twenty five. Like if you're like six, three, two twenty, like the bigger, the better. This like, you know, oh, yeah. giant rhinoceros <laughs> defenseman on the back end. I'm like, how am I going to deal with these guys? Like, what the heck is this? How do I, how do I do this? But, you know, over time I became like crafty and savvy and like thinking about angles of how I could, you know, get upper hands on, on guys physically or in battles in the corner, how I could, you know, elude better or create more time and space for myself or, you know, surprise guys a little bit and, you know, like a lot of reverse hitting and, and different things like that to kind of give myself a little bit more time. Plus I surprise guys. Plus I would just like absolutely wallop them too sometimes. And <laughs> I felt just com- confident on my skates. Like I wasn't like, in the gym, I don't think I was strong at all. Like I suck at working out, but on my skates and in like those situations, kind of like, you know, farm strong almost. So even though I was mm. like dad strength, even though I wasn't a dad, I just had this like wiry strength on my skates that I, I felt comfortable with, um, you know, leverage and, and how to lean on guys and twist guys and get underneath guys sticks at the right time. And, um, you know, I was always in my brain, I was, I asked my son this too. I'm like, do you ever like think about 
you know, when you're laying here, like something that happened in a game, like, you know, if I did this or this, or do you ever think of like, does that ever go through your head where you have like this, you know, you, 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 you're processing it and you're coming up with different ideas in your head on how to do things or a play or even a drill that you did at practice. Oh yeah. If I do this, this and this, like I was doing that in line and drills all the time when I was a kid, I was doing that watching. I'm like, I'm studying. It's like the numbers are going around. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. I was like, uh, I was doing that. Cause I'm like, how do you I look do like, this? what's his name in, uh, in the hangover counting the cards. That's what I was doing. I was just like, okay, if that guy's going there, if I have to do this drill, I'm not just doing the pattern of the drill just to do the drill. I'm doing the drill because I want to do it the best, the most efficient and be elusive and, and make it. And the goal is to go from here to here to here. How am I going to do that the best by outsmarting him, him and him and get to this spot? So I think patterns in your head, like you can come up with a bunch of different patterns on how you could do it. I think my brain was always working on like different plays, different ideas on how, um, you know, you know, things could evolve in the game. If I went here, this guy would go here, then this would go here. And I was like thinking that way, even as a kid, um, on, on how I could, you know, get around certain situations. Cause I could skate well. I wasn't afraid to get into harder areas. And, and, and I, I don't know, that's just like, that's just how my brain was like obsessed with the game almost in, in like, you know, now I, I got to hit, I got to when you pack your trunk, when you go with your family on a vacation, <laughs> it's Tetris, it's Tetris. That's how my brain kind of worked for hockey a little bit. I'm like, Hey, this year, and this year, then that'll fit good. And then when the last bag goes in, you're like, boom, there's a goal, right? <laughs> is, is your son like our kids? And he's like, no, dad, I was watching a TikTok video. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about what are you talking about so forever when i was young and tell me if your dads did this i'd watch hockey on tv with like my dad and my brother or family oh, yeah. whatever and my dad back in the old day he'd be like you know watching hockey and i can't be like oh you see that play there you see what he it's like the smallest little little like four foot pass to a guy or you know these yeah. little details that my dad saw and like we couldn't rewind it you can't right. like go and find it like i do now for my kid when i ask him did you see that play there and he's like huh <laughs> and I'm like, are we watching the game or are you looking at your text messages or something, you know? So like, I was like laser focused on all those little things. Um, and yeah, it was just a little, like a different time, like less distractions, like so much easier. But um, yeah, that, that's how I, like, I learned the game too, just as watching and seeing those little details. Like, see, how, my dad'd be like, see how he pulled on his arm. Remember you used to be able to like slingshot oh, yeah. guys and hook guys. And, oh yeah. You know, I, I became pretty crafty at that. Just being a, like a skinnier guy, like how to, how to get around guys, pull on the guy's top hand and lift the stick on the other hand, like on the other side, like just little crafty things that you pick up. That's uh, great stuff. Like going back to even like your edge work and the timing of, you know, the impact and mm -hmm. being sturdy on your skates and you, you actually alluded to it being, you know, we BYU brought up, you know, him blowing some D up. I hated when guys were out of position. I'm like, you shouldn't even yeah, be there. Yeah. And but like that's you're smart to be there though, too. Yeah. Because within certain structures, you know, you're you maybe like supposed to be hanging back. I, I should have like a, a little bit of room to make a play and make a decision. But you you recognize that you get in on your, you know, four check or wherever it is and and then also what you're talking about is the hockey IQ of it. You know, like you kind of broke it down really well, watching games, picking up the little details that you can apply to your own game. And that's like really important for these kids to hear. I don't so think, I don't really think kids watch games anymore. No. Like, which is, I might've heard you guys talking about that too, which I, I picked up on because 
I don't think a lot of kids, I think they, they, they consume the game in like 30 second clips of like Connor McDavid dangling through everyone. And it's like, yeah, buddy, that's not reality. That's no, Connor yeah. McDavid's reality. That's just not the game. Like, you know, like everyone wants to be that guy. I get it. I did too. But it's, it's the reality is, is like the, the thinking of all the little things that go into that, uh, what Connor did or can do. I mean, he's got a certain set of skills that allow him to execute that and make it happen, which is like off out of this world. He's like an alien, right? So it's, um, it can, you can learn a lot just from watching the game and picking up on those little things. But I I honestly, I, I I would love to know if they could do some kind of like poll at like youth hockey signups of who watches hockey games. I bet you'd be low, low single digit percentage of kids. Yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and we were spoiled growing up here in the Boston area because it was, if we weren't at a, um, you know, for us, it was, you couldn't really afford to go to a Bruins game. Right. Yeah. But we were, were so spoiled in terms of, all right, well, we're going to watch BC play BU or we're going to watch Northeastern or Harvard or, or you know, there's so many different college schools where, where there were such great players that we got to watch like in the early nineties, um, and that's where we learn from as well, right? And and like you said, it wasn't sitting in the stands like having a cell phone. Like I didn't get a cell phone until I went to college, you know? So it was like you had dialed in watching the game. And same thing with like high schools and prep schools, just watching those games. And, and that's where you learn from or your siblings. It's it's just so, um, so important. And, and like you said, I think it's something that we need to, you know, continue to stress because the, the, the better players are doing, they're getting that, that, you know, understanding of the game by watching their siblings or, you know, even like younger brothers, right. It's yeah. like, Oh yeah. What, like watch this. Like I, I, and we've been doing it now with our teams, like just some video replay, like, and it's like, we're not showing you the highlights. We're not showing you the toe drags. You know what I mean? It's like, no, did you see like the left wing, like get ahead of the four checkers and like a little chip off the wall and like bing bang. And like next yeah. thing you know, it's three on two and, you got a good scoring opportunity. Like that's hockey boys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think it's teaching. I don't know. I don't think we teach like hockey uh, from what I see. I think we just, you know, there's, there's a plan, there's a skill skating plan and we put them yeah. in, you know, we put them into this box and every guy's the same. Like if you think hockey is no hitting and is, is, you know, you know, the game that we're seeing now, which is like skill and it's like straight ahead and speed, speed, speed and chaotic at times it's going to get worse to watch. Like if you think yeah. if you like a little bit of physicality and I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they nurture players that have a little bit different skill sets. I don't think, I think they shove them in a box now and you have to be like everyone else. And if you're on a team and you don't toe drag through everybody and score a goal, you're not as good as, as the kids that can do that. And I just think it's not right. I think there's, I think there's ways you can, you know, appreciate what everyone does and some kids that are different and nurture different skills within kids um, in creating, you know, players, hockey players, right. hockey right. thinking, hockey players, team aspect, team concept thinking, 
um, all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And that it's important that everyone's different. Like I watch NHL now and everyone looks exactly the same. When I was growing up watching, it was like, there's a big discrepancy in skill level from like the fourth line guy to the star. Like you look at the stars, they look, they looked awesome. They had sick mullets, awesome helmets. <laughs> they look cool as hell in their equipment. They might've had a Jersey tuck. Like look at Dougie Gilmore, man. That guy looks yeah. so cool. Like think about Gretz, you know, like what they look like. And then there was such a discrepancy, but between just, you know, the fourth line guy to them that those guys stood out even more and they were just like way more electric. And then their style, their fashion, their look, it was like so cool. I turn on now. I'm like, is that, who is that out there? What guy is that? I, I don't know. They all look, everyone's got the same. They look exactly the same to me. It's just crazy. Yeah. And that, that's like the style of the game as well. You know, like going yeah. back to your point, you know, the, <clears throat> when I was with Chicago, they weren't looking for necessarily fourth liners. Uh, when I was scouting, they were looking for guys that could play and you know get their lineup deeper, but they didn't match up well against some teams that had some some sandpaper on those lower lines and could play a different game. So those players are you know still very valued, but yeah. they're tough to find because tough. of exactly what you're saying. You get stepped in a box even at a young age. You want to try and do the Michigan for whatever reason. <laughs> But if you can't do it, you know, you're not as skilled as the next kid. Yeah. And, I, and the, to that point, I remember talking to a college coach who um, I was talking about Miles Wood. And yeah. I'm like, you know, what do you, th- you know, think about him and all this stuff? And he's, he's not, he's not very skilled. I'm like, not very skilled. He has pro skill. He can drive a D back, cut back, tough to play against. That's going to translate. Yeah. Never mind the toe drag, flip it over the stick skill. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Time yeah. And he's space. a man child. Yeah. He's a freak. He, he, time and space, five foot game, ten foot game, little pop pass game, like how to support, how to get open, how to create space. Like mm-hmm. that stuff is stuff that translates. Like everyone now can do the whole like stick handle under a thing and like you know flip it over. <laughs> like my kids doing it right now. They're twelve years old. Like great. I couldn't do that when I was a kid. Uh, we never worked on that really. And it's great to have it, but it's also great. I think if if you have like people in your program or coaches in your program that you know, can identify potential in somebody at younger ages to see that there may be possibly different. And how do we make that better? How do we make that kid feel like he's like everyone else, even though he doesn't have, you know, maybe quite the, you know, um, level of, you know, puck skills, uh, something that they can definitely work on, but they, they probably have something else that that kid doesn't have, you know, or Mm -hmm. they have, uh, the ability to be a little bit more reckless or, or, you know, their work ethic is through the roof or their understanding of team play and how to make these things happen is through the roof. But, um, yeah, like I, I just notice it's like, get, get the bumpers out, make, make a little box, uh, work on these skills, uh, do some skating and then do like a small area game, which is great. Um, and I think you, you start to explode on it as they get older into more <clears throat> game situational stuff and team concept thinking, um, but I, I, I just, I feel like I'd like to see like more difference in players and nurturing those kind of players to, you know, be hockey players too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Can we, um, let's get back to the, to, you know, to your career guys with, yeah, heads. let's get back to that, but <laughs> yeah, no, talk about that. the, you know, being, being a Canadian kid. Um, can you talk about the process with like, you know, going to the WHL, obviously yeah. you, you ended up in, uh, in Red Deer playing for, what was it? Brent Sutter. Yeah. Um, Brent Sutter. but you know, talk about that process. Cause I think, you know, we have a lot of, um, 
you know, listeners, I think that are, that are from the States down here. Right. So it, yeah. it's a little bit different. And, um, you know, obviously my brother went and, and played a year in the queue, but can you just talk about what that kind of transition was like? Like, what, so you're playing, I assume midgets and then yeah. you go to, to, or you drafted to the dub. Yeah, I was drafted in Bantam, the Bantam draft. They draft you. So I think, how old are you? Like 13, 13, 14 years old, you get drafted. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the start of, of, you know, getting seen, I guess, and they start to kind of scout you. It's crazy the amount of parents that think that, like, you know, they're, you're, they're getting scouted at, like, 11, 12. Oh, it's <laughs> Like, insane. there ain't a guy in the world that's coming to watch your kid. Unless he's a guy, <laughs> unless he's a guy that's going to fake put you on a fake spring league team to make money and steal all your money out of your account. You know, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like there ain't anyone coming to watch you. Like it's just not gonna happen. You're not even on the radar yet, and it's like a long journey and a long road. And like that's kind of where I felt. Like I remember I was shooting hoops with my buddy down the street in his driveway, and uh, I, I got I got a phone call down there, and they said, "Hey, it's time. To Your mom wants to see you." So I ran like ten houses back home. And I'm like, "What's up?" And my mom's like, "Hey, uh, they just called. You got drafted to the Red Deer Rebels." I'm like, "Oh, awesome." I was like, I didn't even, I was like, what is Can that? I go back out and play? Yeah, and then I like went back down and kept shooting hoops. It turns out I was a mid to end six round pick of like a seven round WHL draft. <laughs> I was like, I was like literally five, nine, like 125 pounds, little rat. And uh, uh, yeah, kind of, I guess it just kind of got my foot in the door to, you know, be able to go to a camp and everything. Um, but growing up like that was that was where you went like he wanted to make it to the dub we had the saskatoon blades in town and i you know that's the closest thing to nhl that i'd seen growing up and not until i got into my later mid-teens or later teens did i ever go to an nhl game in edmonton or calgary so it was like it seemed like it was like so far away but mm -hmm. junior hockey was like right in my town and those guys were like the stars of our of our city so it was uh it was it was a it was it was like an honor and cool but it seemed still like it wasn't real like it was so far away to be able to play in that league you know that that rank in saskatoon is pretty cool isn't it yeah it's big they, i know they've hosted a bunch of like international like world juniors and different yeah. things like that there um but they built it just outside the city but they were trying to get at one point back i think when they built it like in the 90s early 90s uh the the st louis blues were, were supposed to come there and we're trying to entice really? it to become the Saskatchewan blues and, <laughs> and come play in this rink, which is like, I think 15,000 seats, like 16, like kind of like Winnipeg's arena. Yeah. Um, so they, they built this monstrosity outside the city, like in a farmer's field <laughs> <laughs> and it's still there. They're still playing out of it. It's still cooking, but it's like a, it's like a real NHL size, you know, fairly big, cool rink. And we had that in our town, which was cool to go to games when I was a kid. Yeah. They had world juniors there, right? In Winnipeg and yep. Saskatoon in like 98 yep. or nine. Yep. Yeah, they did. And they used to had it. They had it back in the day with like Lindros and like John Slaney scored this big goal oh, against yeah. the Russians yeah. in the final. Um, and I remember hearing like cool stories. I think maybe it was like Kozlov that year. I think Slava Kozlov was like the Russian guy that like defected from that tournament, like hid in his hotel room. <laughs> like, you know, all these guys <laughs> got to do, do crazy stuff. So, yeah, we, we get some cool hockey events around i didn't go to those tournaments when i was younger it was just like you know too pricey to get tickets i think and and get to those games but i remember watching them on tv and thinking that it's crazy that all those guys were in our town yeah you gotta you gotta know a guy 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. I know. I didn't have like that Boston street savviness that you guys grew hey, up with. You needed an RA up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was probably there. <laughs> yeah. He was probably in the room after interviewing uh, guys. He's like sweeping the ice. You're like, dude, who is that guy with the Boston accent? <laughs> yeah. Well, Just what volunteer. was it? Oh, yeah. What was, uh, what was it like, you know, when you, when you do get to play in the, the WHL? And like you said, it's kind of like, you know, a Canadian kids version of yeah. the NHL, right? Like that's who you grow up. It's, it, you know, I would compare it to us. All right. Like we get scholarships and like now you're playing in hockey East and you're playing in front of you, like your family and friends and, and the things like that. It, it's like, wow, yeah. this is, this is the real deal. Yeah. Like I got cut when I was 16 actually, and I got sent back home. So I played another year of, of midget triple a, which was probably so good for me. It was probably mm-hmm. like the best thing for me instead of going to junior and like you know playing 20 games that year and even when i got in probably sitting out a bunch so <clears throat> i got to go back and like rip up you know the the triple a midget league in saskatoon and you know be like a did midget. your parents call the coach and be like no my colby should be on that team <laughs> no my mom he's and the best parents, player around yeah. <laughs> no they didn't do that my parents are actually like more supportive of me like taking my time to get through it and you know being a star i know my mom pushed back on a few things throughout the years um, nothing like, nothing like crazy or anything, but I do remember like she had my back in a few situations where I wasn't playing, where I should have been playing more. I was like, honestly, one of the, I was like a pretty good player when I was younger. So, um, mm. you know, I remember, I think in midget triple a too, like I was leading the league in, in power play goals and I got taken off the power play. And that's when I had like, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm trying <laughs> to, I'm trying to light, light it up here. I'm playing to like go on. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I should have been removed off of there. And, um, I I'd say get... probably a bad idea. If it... Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the, who this coach is, but usually the guy that's leading the, uh, the, <laughs> the yeah. league in power play goals, you, you, you usually want to keep him on the top unit. Yeah. So I was like, what the hell is this? So I put up a little bit of a stink about that, but it, you know, it was just, you know, it was like balancing, letting, you know, players ice time at that time, which now that I'm a dad, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Okay. You know, like a little bit, like it's not the end of the world, you know? Right. Um, but um, it gave me more time to like just develop, you know? And then I went from being a late six round WHL pick to <clears throat> being a first round NHL pick in a matter of what, like three, four years. Mm. Um and I think it was just because I got put in a great situation where I wasn't rushed and got lucky probably a little bit with it to say, yeah, you can go back. I don't think there's anything wrong with a kid that wants to go back and just, you know, do it right and be a star and handle pucks and, you know, experience that and build their confidence in their game, uh, especially at that age. Um, to the point where I got in there in Red Deer now, <clears throat> Brent Sutter just bought the team the year that I made the team. Um he went for like a young rebuild of, of guys and I was included in that. So we had like, I think we had like seven 16 year olds on the team and I was like a, a rookie 17 year old kind of, I have a late birthday. So I fell into that little group. Uh, and then we went from making the playoffs, getting our butts kicked in the first round to the next year, um, winning the Memorial cup. And That's it happened awesome. like so fast wow. of, of figuring it out. And, you know, Brent, he played in the NHL. He just retired. He bought the team. So he had like this st- like NHL standard of like play and, and detail to your game. So I came in at like the right time to learn the right stuff that as you talked about translate to, you know, to being NHL ready or pro ready with the stuff that, that you, that it actually matters 
you know, with your game and the details of your game that actually matter. And I was given a big chance to play. Plus I had like this recklessness to my game and versatility in my game that I, he could use me in a lot of different spots now. So I got like, a, I got, I got a, you know, crash course in my three years of junior of getting ready to play pro hockey. It was, it was, it was really, really good. We had a great team too. So that helped. Can you talk about that experience with the Memorial Cup and kind of how that works? Obviously, I got to experience yeah. my my brother's year in Moncton. They hosted, and we went up there. And, and actually, I, I think I heard you guys talking about it, you and Murr, um, on Chicklet's Game Notes. But it, it was a really, really unique experience for us, especially being Boston kids and never really seeing the major junior um, environment. But it was it was really it was really, really cool. Uh, well, you know, yeah. going up there with 20 bucks in our pocket and eating a and W like one meal a day and, 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 you know, hanging out was a, was a blast that me and Billy Ryan had, but uh, touch on, touch on, you know, that Memorial cup and obviously winning it is like unbelievable. Yeah. Merle's and I brought it up on game notes cause it's in Kamloops this year. They're the host team. So, um, you know, I, I know Mark Recky fairly well. He lives here in Pittsburgh, a hall of famer and played with him and a couple teams in Pittsburgh and Atlanta. And, uh, he's part owner of that team with like Jerome Aginla, Daryl Sador, Shane Doan. I yeah. could be missing someone, but they've, they've got like this ex player ownership group of guys that, that run that team. So I'm like, Merle's, we got to get out there. Cause it's a blast. Oh, yeah. like, the beer <laughs> gardens, the entertainment <laughs> around there, like the whole town, they put, they put everything on the line to make this like a great, like 10, 12 days, however long the tournament is. Um, let us I know. Mots and I will take a roadie. Yeah, let's go. We should combine forces. <laughs> we should Absolutely. combine. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. It's actually a great time. So it's like, I guess it would be like Frozen Four setup. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the, the idea? It's like you play around Robin against all four teams. There's the three teams that win their league. So you've got to go through like an NHL season and then go through like NHL playoffs uh, to win your league. Uh, and then and then make it to this tournament that's the cherry on top. If you can win it all, you win the Memorial Cup from all three leagues: the O, the Q, and the Dub. Uh, and, and the, the host, host city and the host city gets an auto bid. Auto bid. Um, so yeah. so like my brother's year. So they Moncton was hosting. Did they did they win? Did they do they it in the playoffs? Won, they won the league, and then the funny thing was that they ended up playing um, Quebec in the final who basically came in second yeah, and who they beat in the league who they yeah. got and 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 uh patrick Rouault was the coach and quebec beat them in the final <laughs> oh yeah because it's one game yes it's, it's it's not the seven game series that you'd played through the entire playoff so it's just like a one-off or like you yeah know, like like the frozen four setup of the tournament or like a world junior type of type of rundown at the end so round robin play into you know, a semifinal uh, setup, possibly a quarterfinal, semifinal, like depending on how the how the it's slotted from wins and losses from those four teams. So it happened fast. Like we won our first two games and we got a buy in the final right away. And then we played another game that didn't mean anything. We got in a bunch of fights and stuff against like Regina. <laughs> it was in Regina, our Memorial Cup. So it was close to home. It's like two hours away from Saskatoon. So it was, it was like I was fairly close to home and like everyone, like brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and like billet families were all there and just getting crippled in the, uh, <laughs> in like the beer gardens <laughs> fan fest area, you know, like they set up that whole thing. So oh, yeah. it's like, it's a riot for everyone. You know, everyone's having this best, the best time of their lives. And we're, you know, playing, like thinking like everything's on the line, of course. And, and uh, we miss out on all that, all that fun stuff, but it was, it was incredible experience and got a bye to the final, waited to see who we play. We played Valdor Fuhrer in the final. Um, who we beat in in overtime in game one of the tournament against them, uh, and then we went to overtime against them as well and and beat them in like triple overtime. 
So wow. it was like it was it was crazy. Dougie Lynch. Or was it no Dougie Lynch? Yeah, he threw it at the net. I forget who scored our goal actually. It's kind of <laughs> confusing because there's like a tip tip in situation. Uh someone threw it at the net. I I don't know if it hit one of our guys or went in. No one really cared about it. But yeah, we won, ended up winning that game. It was just it was it was insanity. So uh quite the experiences you could probably talk about too, BY just being in there and how intense every game was because it's do or die, you know, and, and like a lot of times we're not used to that for playoffs. It's a seven game series rundown. Um, right. like just like the NHL, which is nuts, right? Like you got 16, 17, 18, 19 year old kids playing like a legit, almost NHL season with legit, pretty much Stanley cup. Like, you know, I, I, I was like 130, I was probably like 125 pounds by the end of the year. I played like <laughs> over 115 games. I was going to say a lot of hockey. Yeah. With preseason and everything involved, it's just like a ton of hockey. And then I get to pro and I got, I'm, I'm a rookie. I'm 19 in Wilkes-Barre turned 20 in November and I got Merles as a rookie. He's like 24 years old coming out of college. <laughs> like, you know, Matt Hussey, some of these other guys, those Constantine Koltsov, this guy, they're all jacked like men bodies. And I'm like this little like dehydrated <laughs> junior player that like had never touched a weight in my life yet. It's like such a difference. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was looking at your, uh, your roster from that team. I played with a few of those guys, you know, Wicca and Lynchy. And- yeah. You know, those guys are, uh, really, you, had, you had a really a good team, like solid throughout. Yeah. The thing about and, our team was cool is that we we could play you any way you wanted to. Right. And usually most teams that you're, you know, you're on that are, is a really good team. More often than not, if you want to take it down and like, you know, grind one out and it's going to be a little more rough and tough. We, we, we had guys that we could all hang in there and do that too. Or we could like beat you six, five, you know, it's like we had all the kind of tools in, in our lineup to be able to play you know, a lot of versatility, which, you know, go back to developing kids now too. It's like, you know, that's super, super important, but you know, everyone wants to do the cool Instagram clip all the time and you know, they don't show that other stuff on there. Let's take a quick break from our interview with Colby and talk to you about TSR hockey. It's time to go visit our guys at TSR and tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the season. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidering, printing, you name it. You can reach their team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave and they will take care of you. Now's the time to give them a buzz to talk about how your team can upgrade your gear wear and swag game for next season. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs and tell them the shrink sent you. Make sure when you call, name drop. Say, hey, BY Mots, they told me to give you a call. We want to look pretty next year. Yeah, good dudes. They'll take care of you. They're uh they have plenty of uh, great apparel and swag in stock, and they will outfit your team to the nines. So make sure you check them out at tsrhockey.com. And now back to the interview with Colby Armstrong. But you look, you, you, you're looking at that roster, you look at a guy like Boyd Gordon, right, who yeah. it was just like ultimate pro, you, you know, used it like a straight curve, but <laughs> yeah. like face-offs, like – you know, he was the guy like he, you talk about kind of nurturing each individual player. And it was like, you know, obviously he could skate. He was a great skater, but like unreal on the PK, especially, yeah. you know, I watched him in, in pro and in, in Arizona with Keith. And it was like, you know, he just like any defensive zone draw, he's out there, he's winning. Like he's doing those little things that made a team a team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, he, he had that all since he, he came in and he was 16 years old and, 
you know, he had the skating and he had like the smarts and he had all that stuff to go with it. And then, you know, just being put in different situations, I think from Brent and being, you know, taught how to do these different situations correctly, the right way with like attention to detail on the right things, um, you know, turned Gordo into a pretty damn good pro for a lot of years. And, and oh, yeah. you know, he hung around in the NHL for a long, long time. Um, like so low on faceoffs. Oh, like he, crazy! He like double hands. Like he might as well give him a mini stick because he ain't touching the rest of the stick. Like <laughs> it's like he's a right hunkered down on that sucker. But good skater, smart, crafty player. You know he'd block shots when he had to, oh, and, and just really, really smart with a stick all over the place and smart hockey guy. So, um, yeah, we had some good young talent on our teams in Red Deer that kind of primed us for you know, playing a lot of different hockey, a lot of different ways, which mm. I don't think a lot of teams, if you suck on a team or your team sucks, it kind of handcuffs you to being able to play differently. So mm. we were, we were lucky. We were in a, a situation where we could like thrive all together with jobs or try different things or play with different guys and, and, and succeed doing it. And getting back to Brent Sutter, I mean, that's good on him to be able to kind of put guys in different roles. And I had him in New Jersey when he came from uh, Red Deer. And yeah, he was hard there. Wasn't he on you guys? Like, wasn't he like still doing like junior? <laughs> like... Yeah, he was still junior. <laughs> Mots loved it. Yeah. I loved him. He gave me my opportunity to play in the league consistently. Yeah. And, but there was this one drill. I'm sure you guys did it, but it, you know, I named it the pork chop, you know, so it was, you got uh, the D <laughs> on the dot the forwards on the hash and you just throw the puck in the corner like a little pork chop and you both in there like arr, arr, oh arr, yeah arr. buddy we were doing that drill we did that drill we the did day that an hour before, a day the day before the memorial cup final game <laughs> that's unbelievable yeah media <laughs> was chop. like media were like why are you guys doing that drill it's like the last <laughs> practice you'll ever have this year yeah. and like you could get hurt or like you know you've played enough hockey you probably we did that we did that drill the last practice the pork chop buddy the pork chop that was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great Little wolf pack mentality yeah, yeah did he bring that yeah that's oh, what yeah. we had too you mess with one you mess with us all man it was like it was like that clip of d'angelo spearing that guy in tampa the other yeah. night like they all just <laughs> very literally yeah. the thing i thought of was junior hockey that was like our team that was yeah. how we were it was awesome that's awesome uh, Army, can you talk about, you know, being a first round pick, breaking yeah. into the, you know, going to, to pro hockey, what that experience was like, what pressures you felt? Um, obviously you started and, and, you know, paid your dues in the minors where nowadays it's, it's a lot different, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what, I was, our team won the Memorial cup and like a month and a half later, I got drafted in the first round. So we had a good team. I had a good year. I played with good players. If I wasn't there, could I have been a first-round pick? Nah, I don't know. Probably not, to be hey, honest with you. They don't ask how, buddy. It gets the attention on you. Scouts come watch you because our team was really good. Um, you know, you're playing with good players, so now your game's elevated, and there's an expectation to be sharp and be on all the time. And we're lucky we played in Red Deer, too, because Red Deer is between Edmonton and Calgary. So a lot of scouts would come in into Calgary or Edmonton, where the airports are, and then they would like come and watch, come to our games and watch us because just like an hour and a half, two hours from each place right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it was like a ideal location to play to, to get eyes on you and have people, you know, check you out a little bit more. But um, yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind, like getting drafted, you know, and then, and then going to my first camp, it was, it happened like so fast that I, I, I didn't know, I don't know if I really like 
understood like what was really happening, like thinking about it, like getting called up on the stage. I knew I was ranked like, you know, in the first round just because of the hockey news. Right. That yep. was like the old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. The old, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like some teams can still draft just by getting the hockey news. They're so bad every year. It's like, what are they saying? Where are we picking? We're fifth. Okay. <laughs> let me look down the list here. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Done. <laughs> you don't even need scouts, <laughs> but it's uh, I knew I was like in the realm of being like a first round pick just because of like the, the rankings that they come out with from everybody and central scouting rankings and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, going through that, getting up on the stage. I had no clue where Pittsburgh was. I had, I knew who they were, but I didn't know like on a map really, like where's Pennsylvania. And then I started thinking, I'm like, where's Wil- Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguin? What the heck is that? Where is that? Yeah, and, that was before and, The Office came out. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like looking like, where's Dunder Mifflin and how are we going <laughs> to make this work? Um, and then I, I came to camp and then... Um, you know, eventually I went back, they cut me, I, got, I went back to junior for my 19 year old year, um, or 18, whatever years those were. Mm. Uh, I went back for one more year until I eventually, um, ended up, you know, being old enough and could stick and play in, 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 in Wilkes, which was a huge jump, which was like from junior to the American league was like, you know, playing against like guys with families and stuff like it's like um, <laughs> all i can picture the way you're talking about yourself is like that that scene in rookie of the year when like the little kid henry Rowland gotten gets called up and and you know the, and he's like the little guy and he like looks to his left and his right and you got some grown-ass man with a mustache and you're like he's you know dad bod and everything and and then here you are like you know 100 pounds soaking wet yeah, I, I, I was. And I, I was kind of like naive to like everything that was around me. And I was like a outgoing personality and a talker and I like having fun. So like, I didn't like quite probably, you know, fit the mold of what I was supposed to be, you know, coming in there as like a young guy. And, um, I remember like optional skate, you know, you have optionals. Yeah. I never had an optional before. I didn't know what the hell an optional skate was. And I remember we had our first optional skate and Jason McDonald was our captain. Real tough dude, been there for a long time, you know, had good years and um, was our captain of our team. So I, I was getting dressed and it was like, we were like a few weeks into the season and I was just getting my gear on like optional 10 o'clock skate, let's just say in the morning. I was getting my stuff on at like 11, 15, 10, 15. You know, the guys have already been on the ice. So I'm like, got my shinies on. I'm just about to tie my skates. Jason McDonald comes around. He's like, Army. He's like from the East Coast. You know, he's like, where's he from? Like Nova Scotia or something. I forget where yeah. he's from. He's like, hey, Army, what do you think you're doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm just getting my stuff on to head out for the optional. Cause in my head, I thought it was like, I just, it's like a Sunday skate. You could just yeah. get a puck, go <laughs> dilly around, do whatever you want to do. I had no clue what this was. He's like, optionals at 10, bud. You got to be ready to go at 10. I didn't know it was like a real practice that we were still doing. And I'm like, oh my God. So this is like my first few weeks pro hockey. No one told me what an optional was. I'm like the new rookie first round pick kid. Just thinking my, you know, you know what doesn't stink probably. I was like, I had no clue. I was like, oh, what's up? Uh, So that's how like my, a lot of introductions that first year with a lot of things were like that. I got fined for bringing a... Uh, on our first road trip, I go to get on the bus, boys, <laughs> and I have like a to-go, like you know, duffel bag. You know, you know, guys have like sick bags. I had a I had a grocery bag from like Wegmans, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Is that your bag for the road?" I had like my toothbrush in there, a couple other things, you know, just heading out for like a one gamer, one day road trip type of thing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I got fined like a hundred bucks because I didn't have a real bag. So I learned pretty quick. You got to have like a backpack or like a sweet duffel bag. You can't just come with like a, 
like a Walmart grocery bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. You got yeah. a box of Cheerios in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Axe body spray sitting out of the bottle. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't even have deodorant, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get your uh, laces cut or anything uh, you know, from oh, the older yeah. Oh, yeah. I got all, all that stuff. I didn't even know about that stuff either. Like, was that new? Do you guys know about that? And you guys are playing pro hockey? I didn't know some of the things. So we never hung around the guys. rink as much as we do, you know? Yeah, there was a bunch of pro guys that I put in the world championships. And I, I actually, you know, my belly wasn't feeling too good. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to take it. My, my laces were cut, you know, I was like, what's this? It's like, you know, optional skate at world, world championships. But, um, yeah, you learn quickly, you know, yeah. with, with the I was lucky I had guys. Are. So I played three and a half years in the minors being a first round pick and cleared waivers on my, you know, my last year there. And so I had to sign a new deal because my entry level contract was up. I didn't get a sniff, didn't get a game, nothing. And that was the year that there was a lockout year too. So, like, that year in the American League was sick. Like, every yeah. team's top six lines were, like, all young NHL studs that probably would, should have been playing up mm-hmm. um, and playing against guys. Like, I remember, like, we played Binghamton so many times, and they had, like, you know, Spezza, Chris Neal, Vermet. Like, you go down the list, Volchenkov. Like, it oh, was yeah. like, you know, they had, like, a lot of really good young studs and – they're physical and hard to play against. McGratton was there. He was just, he was, oh. a, he was scary dude. Yeah. Especially in that, I went to camp there, that small barn. Oh, up there. Yeah. exactly. Oh, they had the like veterans. the neutral zone was like nothing. It was yeah. like blue lines where you could touch them with both hands. Yeah. Like it was a mini rink. Yeah. It was a mini rink for sure. So they were kind like, of intimidating. Like, Peewee parents would be complaining about that this day and age. <laughs> yeah. It's not a regulation size rink. That oh, yeah. was this. The message boards would be just flying. <laughs> the message boards. Get on the message boards. But uh, yeah, so I, had a, I banged around down there a long time and had to learn and how to, you know, understand. And like, you know, I was playing, le- I could play left wing. I could play right wing. I could play center. I got to do power plays, you know, penalty kill eventually obviously worked my way to being one of the top guys on the team um you know learn how to produce consistently and then finally getting called up that you know three and a half years just before new year's that that one year and i never went back it's unbelievable and going back to you know what we talked about earlier being versatile yeah you know we, we we talk about you know tryout time for kids you know don't just pigeonhole yourself as a left winger mm-hmm. or a center or whatever just do whatever it takes to make a team and, yep. you know, working on those skill sets of being, say, on your offside and, you know, it's just different processing. And, you know, so when you, when it really matters, you know, mm-hmm. coach can bounce you around and you're still being a value add to the team. So it's like, that's really cool. You did it at multiple levels, but yeah. when it really mattered, you you were able to play at a high level and different yeah. scenarios. And, you know, you, I think you, that's so important. Yeah. Once. Like, I you know. think that skill of being able to be um, something else, depending on what they need, you can be that. Like, I had I had the ability to do that up and down the lineup, play with anyone. So, you know, if they needed something on another line and they wanted to get someone else going, they could flip-flop guys around. I could go left wing, right wing. Mm-hmm. So I, I all of a sudden became, like, you know, trustworthy. The Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I all of a sudden became, like, something the coach needed in the lineup, right? You need mm-hmm. You need something that yeah. they need in the lineup because they know they can put you there and you're safe and you're going to get the job done. And then I had like the squirrely, you know, crazy chip in my stack where I was a little bit reckless too. So like guys had to know when I was on the ice a little bit. So then all of a sudden I had this like extra edge that I could play with 
on top of being able to do all that. So you're right for kids listening or watching. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's important to give yourself, you know, enough credit to try to take on a few more things maybe out there and try some new experiences while you can. So you can kind of wrap your head around how to accomplish certain things in different areas of the game, because you never know, you know, if they, if it gets to a tough time in a game and a coach wants to use you on the top line, but the other two players are really good and they're in your position, you got to be able to play left wing maybe, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, you got to be able to funnel around in, in the lineup or on the flip side, right? If you're not good enough right now and, you know, you either go out of the lineup if you're a right winger and you're stacked on the right side or they say, ah, I don't really like the left side, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Army on that side too and you don't you keep yourself in the lineup as well. So versatility is key, I think all around and creating a, a good, well-rounded player with lots of options and, and tools in your, in your toolbox. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's a great message. Can you talk about that that call up? Um, you know, you 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 get brought up, uh, like you said, around New Year's and, and you kind of burst onto the scenes. Obviously, you have an opportunity to play with Crosby a little bit, right? It was his yeah. that that was his rookie year, oh five, oh six. Um, you know, and, and like what were the first impressions of or I guess you know, the first impressions, I guess, of Crosby. And then, yeah. you know, I guess the, the the second part is like, you know, for you, like what was that first NHL moment like? Yeah, so I'd been going to camp for like six years by now. You know, <laughs> I, I hadn't played a game with Don't the Penguins Here's the per diem, dude. <laughs> Can't do the per diem. And, the, and then by the end of it, I was the master at getting right to the last cut, surviving, and then like – slowly they just be like yeah you're going to Wilkes you know like yeah okay yeah <laughs> and I get down there just in time to like start the season like game one you know so uh that was kind of how it how it'd been going but that that year you know I'd signed a new contract Penguins had just signed you know or drafted Sid in that like ballroom draft that they had and uh you know he came to camp and I remember standing you know down in the runway at the Penguins locker room um at the old rink and watching him out on the ice in the first session and like what he was doing to, to like grown <laughs> NHL players and like, you know, veteran American league guys that are up and down guys that like, he was just like schooling everybody. Like everything was perfect. I was just amazed at like what he could do. Um, and it was my first time I'd seen him. Cause I'd saw him on TV at the Memorial cup that summer. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't seen like what he looked like in real life. It's like seeing Connor McDavid in real life now, you know, right. getting to see how actual fast he is, like actually seeing him like in his, his like explosiveness and what it looks like uh, in re- with your own eyes. So yeah, I'd seen that. I got cut that year also and, and sent down and, and that's the year I got called up. So I came up and it wasn't like, it wasn't like easy when I first came up. Of course, you know, I was on the fourth line um max talbot and i got called up together and he'd been up and down a little bit before that happened um so going up with him a guy that i'd played in the minors with a while and and you know making the trip and coming back up to the team for max he knew you know what it's like in an nhl dressing room i had no like real clue during the regular season so 
Uh, although I was like a veteran guy, I knew like all the trainers. I knew, I knew everybody by this time, you know, I was yakking with everyone, hanging out with the boys and, uh, you knew the optional skates I, really I weren't optional rules, for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. By that time I was taking the option, you know, was that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, I got in the lineup. I was in the fourth line and we played the new, new Jersey devils, my very first game. And, um, you know, most of my time was dedicated towards killing penalties. So it's kind of funny, right? Like you grow up in junior hockey. I was, you know, 30 plus, you know, 36 goals, whatever it was, yeah. you know, 80 point guy in junior, um, first round pick. And here I get called up and I'm a penalty killer, you know, <laughs> plug. playing plug fourth line plug playing, you know, 13 minutes a night, majority of it on the penalty kill. Uh, you know, but I had the ability to do that. I had the ability, I was killing penalties in the minors and I killed penalties in juniors too. So, you know, it, it fell in line for me to get comfortable, I think. But as you guys know, there's only so much time that you have when you come up, it's like, okay, you're a penalty killer. You're a regular guy. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? That's different. How are you going to prove that you can be on this team or that you can stick there or that you can be an NHL guy? And, you know, I was up to like my eight or ninth game. And I, and I think there's like a window there. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really know the rules, but I think if I played like one more game, I'd be waiver eligible again. Mm. So they'd have to either send me down or keep me. And like, I remember Terry called me in and he's like, you know, you play pretty good for me. Like you you kill some penalties, you play like 12 minutes, but like, what else are you going to do? Like, what do you, what what else are you going to give me? And I was like, oh God. Okay, crap, this is everything. Like, it's not just good enough to like go out there and be like good. It's you have to. Yeah, I think you have to do like something else. I remember talking to our strength coach, and he's like, "Army, you just got to play like reckless abandon, bud." And I'm like, "Ah, I'm like, all right, next game." Uh, you want to see that? Oh, buddy, he unleashed a beast. I was just throttling guys all over and started thinking of ways of how I could hit guys and thinking of ways how I could be dangerous. And then I got put on like a line with Sid and Ziggy Palfy one game and I scored. And then the next game I scored again. And I, then all of a sudden I was like, I, I was, I was red hot, man. You I was like, like that, Michael? Oh yeah. Michael and all of a sudden I was you like, like guy. That? Yeah. I snipe and I bury people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had like this other dimension where I was like, I could play now. Cause I was, my mind worked at a level. Like, obviously I don't think like my body, I wish like my, my body could do what my brain wanted me to do. I feel like I was smart enough that I could like think my way through a lot of situations or make plays. Um, but it was, it let, it lent myself to be able to play with good players. Um, and then I had that other chip on the side where I could grind to and kill penalties and I could, and I could be involved physically as well. Like whether it's getting my, my butt kicked in a fight, which usually <laughs> happened, uh, or, uh, or, or, or playing that physical, you know, game with, with, the, with contact and, and like scaring guys and being like a, you know, kind of a difference maker that way, which, you know, playing, once you get up to the top, top guys, it's a different ball game than, oh yeah, now you're on the third line and now you're in, a, you're in, you're in different waters. If you want to run around and you want to play harder, you got different customers kind of banging on your door, you know, <laughs> especially <laughs> in that era, in that area yeah, where it was more built that way. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that year was like an awesome run. We, we didn't make the playoffs. We stunk. But I remember at the end of the year, I was like, I do not want this year to end. I would love to keep playing. I was playing with Sid and um, Andy Hilbert eventually was on our line and we ripped it up. We were getting like two points a game, it felt like. And Sid was dominating over 100 points and just being a part of like the attention and that run. Um, and, you know, the switchover of youth to our team as well was just mm. like so exciting. 
it was it was it was amazing and you know three and a half years in the minors man it was like i was so hungry to be up there and stick up there that um you know it worked out for me to you know kind of establish myself you know in that short amount of time that year and i think i played 40 47 games um to be able to like kind of make a mark there yeah once you get up there you want to do whatever it takes to stay especially yeah. after you see your first two-week uh paycheck yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? i don't want to go back to that two-way thing that i was doing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me this though like uh when you're when you're up there and you're like you know you're 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 kind of in the fire and you're trying to survive and you're and you're trying to play like like you know that mindset and mentality like did did you know, for at least Mott's, like, did you have, do, were you scared, like, every day you're going to get sent down? Were you scared, like, going to training camp every year that you weren't going to, you know, it's just like, it's just such a life or death feeling, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. I thought every day my bag was going to be packed, so, and I, I remember talking about this back when. I had that I was, too. Yeah, going through it, I was like, I, even in practice, I had to be on point, so I was, yeah. I always thought of myself as, like, a bubble guy even though I was playing like 20 plus minutes and like, I just still knew like, you know, I, I just still didn't feel safe. And I, once that, you know, complacency, you know, could creep in, it would affect my game. So yeah. I had to be right on that. What do you think you're edge. Bobby R? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just Trying play your drag, game. Toe drag last guy back. I'm like, I got this in the bag, <laughs> in the tool bag. Uh, but yeah, no, to your point, that was like a real, so I was more mentally tired after seasons because i was just so you know focused on trying to be the best every single day yeah i know like every day in practice so that was a big thing too like practicing with sid and getting up there not only pressure to perform in a game but his practice practice habits like the way he practiced was like eye-opening because i'd never seen anyone you know come ready like he was i never Mm -hmm. seen anyone like you know perform at a top level for like blow the whistle he is gone he is involved. He is on it. And if you didn't play him hard, he's pissed. Mm-hmm. If you didn't try to hit him and play him hard, he's pissed at you. If you didn't, you know, your level as a, as a, you know, two on one partner with him wasn't up to standard of passing and executing and being on. He's like, let's go. You know, like he's 18. He's 18. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Oh my God, this guy, he's never played the minors. Obviously this guy doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You take your foot off the gas in practice. Oh, you know, you float and stuff and hide. (laughs) Pony hustle. So he upped my anxiety for performance in in like practice, like day to day was like, okay, I got to play good. Then I wake up and like, oh my God, practice. I got to practice. I got to be ready for practice. Like it was a game because he was like so elevated for practice even. So it was like constantly every day. And then, and then there's, you know, you talk about like, the survival of trying to stay in the league as long as you can. It's just like, it's a grind. And I look at guys that are do it for 15 years, you know, 18 years. And I'm like, dude, why are you still playing? Like, why the <laughs> heck are you still doing it? It's so hard. I'm going to go get 13 TV jobs just <laughs> yeah. to like chill. <laughs> this Funny, is easy. I, I've been so like wiped out the last like 10 days, just killing me, but everything came hot and heavy with, uh, you know, we dropped new game notes and then trade deadline. And then I did TNT and then back doing pen stuff and having different events around town here that I co-host or, you know, have been a part of. So it's just like, it's been a circus right now, <laughs> whirlwind. So yeah, I feel like I'm, yeah, yeah. Be why I feel like I'm like back in the, in the minors, just like <laughs> slugging away, just slugging. You, you uh, did get to meet Drake though. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what a story, hey? I what love a great it. story. That's it was so unreal. funny. It was so the, the, funny. The double wave? Yeah, no, I was just like, he was waving, but he was looking right at me. So I like waved with one and then he looked at, he was looking at me, waving and smiling. I was like, <laughs> like literally thought we were boys. It was so funny. Even Biz was bought on it, bid on it. Everyone was bit on it. Uh, except for Bieksa. He was like in a good spot where he wasn't in eye line with Drake, yeah, which I, th- I, thought, I thought was so cool. Like this guy's just at a restaurant in his hometown of Toronto. One of the biggest guys in the game ever. And he's like staring. He just comes in. I didn't see any security with him. He's just a regular guy. It was just like so wild. But I thought that was a hilarious story. I've always, I've always loved like making fun of myself a little bit. It's part of like, oh, you know, that self-deprecating. You guys do it too all the time. Uh, you know, that's why it's so fun hanging out with you guys. But it's just like any little thing you can say about, you know, take yourself down a peg to make the boys laugh. It's like oh, the yeah. best way to go about business. So, um, it's yeah, it's best. probably why you guys are great teammates, you know. It's probably why you got along with everyone. Didn't take yourself so serious, could fit in well with other crowds and different people and get in there. And, uh, you know, that's how, I, that's how I like hanging out with guys like that too. No, I mean, I think that's that hockey player mentality too, yeah. where it's just, you, you have fun. It doesn't matter who you are. And, and, you know, I can remember, um, you know, when, when kind of this chick of game notes and everything started, right. We were like, they, the, the boys <laughs> yeah. kidnapped you. We were down in, in, in New York, right. For awesome. a playoff game. And like, Oh yeah. Army's in town. Like he's, he's in between the benches and the Rangers game <laughs> tomorrow night. And next thing you know, you're like on a boat, you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're calling your wife, hon, I'm being kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> I'm heading to, to, to Secaucus for, yeah, I, uh, in, I, I have no idea where, where I'm going. I, right. I don't Might think as well I've ever been a, on a ferry before. That was my yeah, first time on a ferry. On your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got totally kidnapped and went to a gambling cave with you guys. Yeah, that was like really like smart move. Telling my wife that, but it was, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. That's where it started. Like getting back in the picture with all those guys and hanging out and, um, you know, why we share a legendary story together with Mark Recchi and and I, I played with tons of teammates of uh of Motz's so yeah. like I swear to God forever the Penguins are like the Boston draft pick team mm-hmm. so it's like all your old boys and I've heard so so funny because I heard so many stories and guys talking about you for years and years and years and I never fibs, really met all, all no all great things all the boys <laughs> loved you they loved you so all those BCBU guys and um, through my time here in Pittsburgh, you were, you were legendary in their eyes as a, as a great guy and a great teammate. So it was kind of cool, like hang out with you and meet you and, uh, spend time with you. But, uh, yeah, this, this is, uh, you know, it's, it feels like I'm, I'm on a team, you know, hanging out with, hanging out with you guys. And I don't think I get to do it enough. That's one thing I miss when hockey is kind of done. Yeah. You miss that kind of easy pickup hockey guy hangout. That uh, in the you know, we all too. live such relatable <laughs> lives, you know. So it's yeah. like it's so easy. You don't even need to know a guy, and you can hang out with them. And and it's just like so easy just to sit and chill and have have a good conversation and some laughs. And it's not like it's not it's not tough or hard at all. No, and I think you learn that through hockey, though, right? Like you learn yeah. how to get along think- with everyone and like kind of that team aspect feeling, which I don't think they they do a good enough job right now in youth hockey either. And showing that it's all individual stuff. And I think the mm-hmm. team aspect of team play and getting along with teammates and supporting teammates and, you know, having teammates backs and, you know, what really matters. It's not your, you know, Michigan twirly bird doodle. Uh, it's, it's how you support each other and play with, play together as a team through certain games or tough times or good times and, and how you learn how to do that together. So that's the stuff I miss about playing boys. I miss that stuff with hanging out with the boys. 
No, it's the best. And that's what, you know, you, you think back to all, you know, Wit and I grew up playing youth hockey together. Right. And those are like all of our best buddies, the, the, the crew of guys that, you know, we all played with or against each other throughout the years and played against each other in, in college and stuff. And it's like the best, but I wanted to touch on before we let you go. And I know you, you, you busy and uh, heading to the, to the pens game tonight, but can you talk about, um, you know, being a hockey dad now and what that experience is like? And obviously, um, you know, I know we, we, we can send our listeners over to, to Chicklets game notes and you were also on um, Chicklets recently talking about the queue, yeah. but I wanted to talk about, you know, like your experience and I, you know, you guys and, and you were there, right. For that, you know, the Sidney Crosby era coming into Pittsburgh and now the growth. And like, I was looking at my hockey rankings last night, the, the Pittsburgh junior penguins program and some of the other programs in the area are really like, you want to talk about high, high end teams and, and, you know, highly ranked. It's one of the top organizations I'd say in the country now. So can you just talk about all that stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. Like I think the Mario kind of boom Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously the Crosby, explosion and and the building of the new practice rink in cranberry which is probably one of the best rinks in in the country uh for youth hockey it's beautiful two sheets i don't know if they're gonna have a third sheet there i think it would really help but um i've heard some kind of rumblings about it at times over the last few years um but yeah it's it's we're we're new to the program in the last couple of years you know we mm-hmm. bounced around to a couple other programs and lived a little further from the rink so um it's just recently that we moved up closer to this to this rink and we're able to be here but you know, Crosby started that that learn to play program with like free equipment, head to toe. If you want to try it, you can get it and and um, you know get a certain amount of ice time. And they deck you; he decks you straight up, skates to helmet and everything. Um, all you know, Sherwood gear, all Sherwood straight blades. <laughs> <laughs> so you got backhand, forehand, specialty right there. But it's a uh, it's a great like you know, and this isn't just at this rink. This is at every rink in in the surrounding areas. Um, I was doing, you know, in, in retirement, I started doing the, the learn to play program when I first came back. Um, and I started, uh, you know, driving like an hour and a half to go to these rinks to skate with kids on learn, learn to play. And all, it was like surrounding area. Like it was, it was, a, it's a massive web with this, you know, learn to learn to play program. So that's got a lot of people into the game. That's, you know, got a lot of people interested uh, in trying it and gives them an opportunity to do that. Uh, and then after that, I guess the rest is just kind of, we need, we, we could use more ranks. There's no question, more sheets all around. Um, but you know, the all around, um, landscape of, of Pittsburgh hockey has grown tremendously. Like when I got traded out of here in 08, I didn't even hear anything really about youth hockey, you know, mm. and, you know, coming back here in retirement now in like 15, 16 and seeing, you know, that new rink, that was the first year that the practice rink I believe was built. Yeah. And, um, you know, seeing the explosion of the, of the Penns program out there, um, you know, the amount of players that, you know, getting recruited now out of these programs and drafted, uh, you know, to, to junior hockey and all over the place is, is, is pretty incredible. And, and the amount of, like, I think there's like three or four triple A teams in this area, um, you know, including the Penns team. So, you know, there's teams that can come in from, you know, you talk about my hockey rankings, <laughs> You know, people live and die by the my hockey rankings. <laughs> they do. Know, they did. Hockey rankings. Um, but they could come in and, you know, we could be like a, you know, I think we're ranked 10th at the end of the year, I think our team uh, mm-hmm. in the country. And then there's another team that's like, you know, 20 something maybe. And then there's another team like, you know, further down. So you get all kinds of different levels kind of popping through here 
um, to play. Tournaments are huge here. Pens do a good job with all that stuff. Uh, USHL explosions are here all the time to start their season off. Like so, there's there's a lot of opportunity for I think getting you know eyes on your kids and um, you know being in a program that you know can develop and and you know push kids push kids forward um, in in the right direction on, on where they want to go. So yeah, hockey is hockey's booming, man. And then Cooley awesome. Cooley got drafted, man. And it's like. Yeah, yeah, we're claiming him. We're claiming him here in Pittsburgh. He's one of our highest drafted yeah. Pittsburgh kid ever. Um, and then there's another kid coming. I'm telling you, this LG LJ Mooney. It's it's Cooley's cousin. He just turned 16, I think, yesterday. Um, kid's a stud of a player. I think he's going wow. to the U.S. Development Program maybe next year. So, um, and there's another one coming out in the factory. I think he was just named the best player in the country for his age, too. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Um, pretty special player, pretty cool player to watch, and I know a guy I like. I like watching. My dad looked going live, Barney. He's like, I was watching that Mooney on live barn last night. <laughs> Jesus, holy smoke! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty no, fun. We it's... live like we live like five minutes from the rink, so like Cruz will like my son will be like, Hey, Dad, Mo- I think Mooney's playing tonight, and so like we can just buzz over there and go watch his team play. Um, and play against some pretty Jackie Mooney's playing boys. Jackie Mooney, just bring the p- big check. Just make sure you bring the big check for Mooney. But yeah, it's 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 been comfortable and easy and great. And the Quebec Pee Wee tournament, man, I didn't go to it as a kid. Uh, we got this was our year to do it, so it was kind of a build up all year to get to there. And obviously the fundraising and insanity that goes with it and the cost of this damn thing is like ridiculous. But uh, I heard about the experience and how cool it is. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But until I went and did it, like the coolness of the city, the winter wonderland that is Quebec City, surrounded mm. by the carnival and like just how big hockey is there. Never mind hockey's big there. Peewee hockey. I'm like, who likes peewee hockey this much? <laughs> it's just insane. So it was it was an ultimate experience. Our boys played awesome. They lost in the semifinal to Detroit, one nothing in overtime. So we had some tears after the game. But they, it was probably the best hockey they played all season. Like That's really, awesome. you know, it was like preach. Like you got to play as a team. You got to do this as a team. This is important. It's not the Instagram show. Yeah, put it on your TikTok, big boy. Yeah, big deal. Like you got to play as a team. So we got there. We're playing against really good teams, right? And you're playing against top teams in their areas. And um, we came together as a team at the right time to like really, you know, have a great run at this tournament and almost made it to the dance in the final and the big rink with everyone watching. So it's um, unreal. It was a great run. 10 days. It's too long. Quebec Pee Wee tournament's too long. Okay. Okay, it's way too long. You're killing me here. You know, walking Seriously. around, boozing, eating, poutine coming out everywhere. I was, yeah, like, I was gonna say poutine. Is the Dago Bear still kicking? No, I didn't see it there. I didn't see it there. I was with someone else that told me about that though. Oh, I yeah. think I was Aaron Asham. Yeah, oh, Ash, yeah. Ash was he there with the Long there. Island team. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I played against him in the minors there, and there's some some pretty cool places to go. But yeah, they were the Citadels back in the day. Yeah, Ash is uh, a uh, ex Red Deer Rebel too, so we share that alumnus quality together. Uh, I got. You want to hear good... a great line about Ash, which I yeah. think is like the nicest thing you could say about someone. And obviously, you know, he could throw him. He could. He had a hard shot. He was just yeah. an all around player. Yeah, tough as nails. I uh, know. I was like, you should hear it. Seen him in junior. He was just throttling people. Like it was just <laughs> insane. Um, I remember I was talking to Sid about about. Asham and he played with him here. You know, they had him here. Yeah. When he did yeah. the whole sleeping yeah. thing. But he was, uh, he said, he said, uh, oh yeah, Ash. Yeah. Man, Aaron Asham. Now that's a hockey player. 
And I was like, that's probably the nicest thing anyone, like Sidney Crosby says that about you. Like that's a hot, cause Sid's kind of old school, you know, he's like an yeah. old school guy, still has that old, old school flavor to him with, you know, being a superstar. He got the, he got the old school era. Then he came into the new and now he's in this like, you know, Instagram era, like skill guys. And he's kind of seen it all, but he still has that old school level to him where, you know, he says that about uh, about a guy. I'm like, damn, that's a compliment from one of the Like, Sid, can you, can you say that about me to somebody, please? Hey, can I have that that title too? <laughs> you know what he says please? about me? He's like, he, people ask, he's like, oh my God, he snored so much in the hotel. I'm like, my God, he just wouldn't stop snoring. He's he constantly bugging me. Like, I'm like, hey, Sid, am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? Because I was like a mind freak, you know? Like, geez, like, you tire pump me a bit, bud. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, can you just touch on, you know, what you got going on with Chicklet game, Chicklet's game notes? I know you're going to be doing some Final yeah. Four stuff, or Frozen Four, I should say. Yeah. Um, speaking of road trips, Mots, I mean, you, you should you be got, down there for the Hobie yeah. anyways, right? So, but, uh, you know, talk about what, what, what you guys have going on. Uh, it's obviously a great show. I know what, what you guys five episodes yeah, in we now? we just did our fifth episode. Um, uh, we do it the first Thursday of every month. We drop it. Just an extra one right under Spit and Chicklets web, so it's it's easy to find. It'll just pop up in there if you're following Chicklets. Uh, game notes Who comes, doesn't? comes right in there. Who doesn't? Let's go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm actually on TNT again this uh, this weekend on Sunday. Little back to back games. Nice. Uh, a couple afternoon games. One will be a Penguins Rangers game too. It's the second one of 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 the two, which is you know pretty exciting. Two good teams battling for playoffs. We'll see what happens there. Um, and then just doing my regular job back here, covering the Penguins in town, TV, radio. I think we have Frozen Four coming up. We've got some talks on some other places coming up, possibly the U Sports up in uh, PEI. I think they're hosting their Canadian University mm. hockey tournament up there, which they kind of wow. do a similar thing. Um, and then uh, NYPD... Um, um nyfd nyfd uh game um that i think uh everyone's excited at at chicklets to be putting on and broadcasting that or streaming that for yeah. for everyone to check out so I, there's there's tons of stuff coming up i'm i feel like i'm like i don't know what's going on but i i I'm <laughs> your wife's like what go. is your schedule can I just you just hope. put it in the family calendar colby <laughs> no i'm old school buddy i got the old big paper calendar because i don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah, to yeah, do yeah. The digital Love one that. so i have to write it all down in pencil and then if i screw something up i can erase it but it's that big massive flip <laughs> yes. the page over one that's yeah. how i do it but uh i hope whatever happens if there's a you know a new jersey new york kind of match up in the playoffs that uh, we can kind of get behind something and meet up with you guys back out there again and, and have some fun hanging out with you boys and get in the mix with the guys again and uh, watch some playoff hockey. No, I think it's great. And I think it's, it's great what you guys are doing with game notes and stuff like that, how you have your own, you know, little spin off of it. Mm -hmm. And and it's uh, similar to what you just said. And that's, you know, what we're trying to do here too, right. Is, is just growing the game and, and talking hockey. And, you know, like you said, going up to the U or going down to the frozen full, like more boots on the ground. It's all of this stuff I think is great for the sport, right. And the growth of our game and hockey. And I I think Chicklets has done an unbelievable job of bringing in new fans, right. Different people like that. Maybe were barstool people originally. And now they're like, Oh wow. We're really vested in this hockey, whatever, you know, whatever NHL city that they're a part of is really, really cool. But I think showing, you know, and, and, you know, obviously we had, we had Merle's on a few months ago, but I was watching, um, you know, I was watching earlier the, the, 
the tour of the ASU locker room yeah, and yeah, things like that cool. stuff is really, really cool. And it's something that I think kids um, and in terms of like, you know, setting goals and, and, you know, things like that for, for their future. It's like really cool. And there's so many different things. Like you hear Grinelli talk about the Acha, right? Like the, you know, the North Carolinas of the world and yeah. university of Georgia, the like, Acha, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much, there's, there's so much hockey out there and people, you know, really do, they, they, they love it. And, you know, it's all about growing the game. And, and cause we all like have these experiences yeah. that, you know, I didn't play at the level that you guys have, but I love the, you know, this camaraderie and the friendships and, and all that stuff that this game brings is, is really special. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fat hockey dad and I'm around the rinks and believe me, if I could pump your guys' tires, a lot of families, a lot of, a lot of parents listen to you guys. I think it's important that they do to get a proper perspective on the journey and, you know, what really matters, what's important and, um, you know, proper steps and proper ideas of how to handle certain things. I, I, see, I follow you guys on your social media accounts too. And the questions you guys get are, you know, sometimes in my head, I'm like, that's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, how can you think <laughs> like that? And you guys like, you know, handle it really well and answering, you know, you know, some questions that seem so simple, just people have never experienced been around it or don't know like the proper things uh, to, to, you know, you know, the proper avenues to, you know, handle certain direction in certain situations, what normal, what's not normal, how does this work? And so educating, entertaining uh, is something that you guys have done at a, at a cool level and have really, really, you know, caught the ear and eyes of a lot of families that are all in it really for the first time and trying to figure it out. And I see it day to day, man. I see it at the rink all the time. I hear like the little thing behind the scenes where I'm like, oh my God, are we doing this? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Is this even a, this isn't even a thing. Like, are we... It's just like, oh my, can we just have a beer? Can we just go over across the street to the thing, have a beer. Yeah, let's have watch, a beer summit here and, and talk watch, this thing out. Just watch our kids play after and have fun. Like, geez, we're yeah. ruining it. So it's important what you guys are doing. So keep it up. I love it. I appreciate your time and this hot stove. It's been a while since we could just hot stove. Boys, we got to do it in real life. We yeah. got to get together. We got to wait. When, when's playoffs? Another month here. About a month away. That's coming. got to line up like a little... You know, they're get together, talk to G, talk to Wit, talk to the boys, get Merle's in from Sweden. What the hell? He's in Ireland right now. I saw get the boys in. We got to get a little thing together and, uh, you know, do an event somewhere or something and watch some playoff hockey. I would love yeah. it. It's always easy hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah be great. No, it's great stuff. Well, thank you for taking the time. Good luck. Uh, obviously, we'll be watching you on the tube. I know you got to get showered up and, and, you know, cleaned up, make yourself look pretty for between the benches oh, it's coming a lot out. Of work here. Who you, you know, got tonight? This is a fake nose, you know, right? It's a makeup nose. I <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> we both go the same nose guy. Yeah, I get the <laughs> fake nose from the same nose yeah. guy. Yeah, so we got to Islanders, Pittsburgh tonight between the benches. I'll try to keep my nose clean down in there tonight. Uh, and then off to Atlanta this after this this weekend to do uh, do, do some back-to-back games uh, on the Sunday. TNT's starting up the Sunday action. So that's good. That's a couple great. more days and then talk it and that job gets my I was going to say the, thanks, talk yeah, it. Thanks, talk it. My foot in the door a little bit. Oh, Wit always says thanks, Sid. I'm saying thanks talk. So <laughs> yeah, I get a couple dates in there and get in the studio and, and, and uh, rub shoulders with everyone in there. So it's uh it's exciting now. I, I can't wait though, boys, before you cut loose, like the playoffs, you know, like, Oh yeah. I can't wait just to get like, there's 20 games left, 18 games left on the year. Like just getting like the race for these spots, the yep. race for the wild cards, the race for positioning. Uh, and then once playoff hockey starts, uh, it's, 
I don't even know. I can't even oh. say it on your podcast. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what it's all exactly. about. So well, we'll get you, we'll get you back on another time. We didn't yeah. even really like, we, I mean, this has been an hour and 20 minutes or so. It's, it's, it's like, easy. Yeah. There's it, 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 too much stuff to talk about. So we got to do it again. Thanks yep. again. And uh, make sure everybody listening checks out, you know, Chicklets game notes. Obviously everybody's, you know, we all wouldn't be here without them. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's great stuff. And, and thanks again for taking the time, buddy. All right, boys. I'll look forward to being on with you guys again. Love it. Love Sounds it. good. Go, go get your rouge on. All right, boys. <laughs> I'm going to go get all that mud on my face. Yeah, <laughs> what do they call it? The concealer yeah, to the cover guy. my bags under my eyes. <laughs> Luggage. All right. See you, brother. See you, buddy. All right. All right. See you, boys. Thanks. Thanks. That interview with Colby Armstrong was brought to you by Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out our line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Yeah, once again, thanks to the guys at Franklin for hooking us up. Obviously, it's that time of year. Make sure you get your training equipment, you know, street hockey games, street hockey balls, all that stuff is uh, important to, uh, you know, make sure your game's getting tight for uh, tryout time, right? Yeah, tryout time and then the weather's starting to turn, and, you know, get out there in the driveway. Break some windows in those drive uh, those garage doors. <laughs> Speaking of the garage, how's that coming, dude? It's money. I mean, I I, I finished it for the uh, for the team uh, dinner the night before uh, the Saint Sebastian's game Thursday. Uh, I think it was February twenty third. I had like a hard hard deadline. Nice, dude. Yeah, yeah it's so only been t- twelve years. So. <laughs> I know. The TV's up. You know, I, the finished stuff is like, uh, you know, kind of like lacquering the bar and, you know, just getting the fridges going and whatnot. But it's uh, it's functional right getting now. Getting the so. fridges plugged in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mots, I thought that was a great interview with with Armdog. Uh, great dude. Very engaging. Obviously, uh, you know, had a heck of a career. Played almost 500 games and. Uh, now he's doing really, really cool stuff with uh, with Chicklets Game Notes and, you know, being on the TNT and, and you know, works with the Penguins. He's in, in between the benches. So he has a very, you know, like great, unique perspective of the game. Yeah. And number one, great guy, you know, very uh, personable and said a lot of nice things, you know, throughout the interview about, you know, just being around a locker room, you know, like-minded people. But I really liked a lot of kind of his approach even when he was younger but like that versatility working on you know cultivating hockey players versus just putting people in boxes and so it's up to us coaches to you know kind of look at you know skill sets of kids and really encourage something that they're good at it it might not be the toe drag it might not be the you know high-end skill but it's very important to kind of like evaluate and you know work on things that you're not great at but really encourage and play to your strengths and that's kind of what he was talking about and it helped him throughout his whole career whether it be you know getting drafted to the you know whl and continuing to approve because he was versatile he could play in all situations and then going into pro same thing so really good stuff from him from a you know first-hand experience yeah no, I like that he wants to, you know, meet up and get some more road trips going and things like that too. That's that, that's always fun. He's a fun guy to hang out with and got to know him a bit over the years, which is uh, which is really cool. And I I really like what uh, 
you know, that the Chicklets guys have brought, you know, him and Merle's into the to the mix with with everything that they're doing because he's a very entertaining guy and he's got a great perspective on the game. So good stuff, and we can't thank him thank him enough for uh, for coming on. Mots, I think it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week of the week. Sorry. Um, Shrinks, what are your thoughts on the use of metrics slash analytics in minor hockey? Say U13 and up. How much do you pay attention to the plus minus goals for percentage goals against percentage, et cetera, in terms of evaluating the value of a player versus the eyeball test of simply who looks good out there? It's a good question. It's a great question. Um, you know, metrics, analytics, uh, you can get really deep into that now with some of the technology out there. But if you're just going by, you know, basic stats, um, number one, you need someone to track it and track it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, you can't just go by a scorekeeper that's kind of hot paying attention if it's shots on net or whatever, you know, the goals for goals against is, is, mm-hmm. you know, indicative of shots on goal as well. Um, the percentages, I mean, so I don't know. I, <clears throat> I do feel that there is some value in that because the stats do tell a story over the course of, you know, a big sample size, but like a season, um, but I wouldn't share them with the players. No, as a coach, and I think at what age do you do you like high school? I don't really care. Like for you know, I mean, because they'll start getting hung up on them, right? You know, right. I you know if they make it to a certain level, I, I mean. So the question, you know, what age? I mean, if you're, I mean, high school, but like, I mean, even to college, junior. I mean, they're going to know because that's already in place. But I don't think you have to go out of your way to share them before then. Right. No, I think it's important, like you said, the eye test. Because the eye test is important because you want to see kids that can play, right? And you you look at guys and be like, oh, wow, this guy looks like a hockey player and things like that. But then also to have that backup of the stats uh, as a coach does help, right? Because you could look and be like, oh, wow, this kid looks great out there. But he hasn't done anything like he doesn't have any. And, and again, you hit the nail on the head with the the stats have to be taken properly. So it, what it really comes down to is like a coach or a manager has to go back and rewatch all the games and make sure that all everything's pretty accurate in terms of, you know, goals, assists, points, second assists, pluses, minus, all that stuff. So like you said, it, it will tell a story, but it's not something to get too hung up on. But with that being said, you you know, you want to see like, hey, this kid's a good little player for us or whatever. But like, wow, I didn't realize that he only had, you know, whatever, 10 points this year. And the next guy had 30 or, or you know, whatever the numbers were. Right. So it is kind of interesting when you do put the, the, the stats to it. I think um, it's a great question. And like you said about like, when do you kind of share it? I don't, I, I'm not against having those stats. It's just about not sharing it, but I would add in face off percentage if you really care, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I, yeah. I'm watching, you know, the games and I, I'm taking notice of, oh, well, my son was playing center, but I'm taking notice of percentages that, you know, just ballpark. Right. And it's so important because that's a skill that, goes undervalued but it's so important right. but if you break it down like at the high i mean some some of these people we just talked to army about a lot of that stuff right yeah 
and you know, but then then you're reading some stuff about these high end analytics that face offs don't matter, and I absolutely disagree with that. They have some data to support it, but I still don't. I want the puck like consistently right. all over the ice, um, or at least a tie. You know, yeah. so you 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 know you you add that stat in there, and you know you can start seeing if that kid has ten points, but he's good on face offs. Right, know, that's a little it tells more of a story. Yeah. I just my biggest fear, especially at 13 years old, is kids getting too caught up in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can understand coaches kind of behind the scenes, maybe looking at them and things like that. Up until, you know, bantams, like, don't even talk to me about stats. Like, don't really like I'm all set. Yeah. Once you get to that bantam kind of midget age group, it, you know, I think it it is okay for coaches to kind of take a look at, see what they have, see, you know, see some, some of the different things. Like you said, I think face-offs is, is very, very important. Um, I would include turnovers. Yeah. Pizzas up the middle. Um, but yeah, no, they, they, they do tell a story. So it's, it's an interesting and we could, you know, some coaches may agree with us. Some may, may not, um, you know, but I think there is some value in the coaches kind of knowing them and seeing them, um, but don't get too, too hung up on them. Um, you know, obviously encourage team play. And, and, and that's my thing at the younger age groups is like, you know, I, I used to love when the, the scorekeeper would walk in and hand you the, the paper copy of the score sheet and you just kind of crinkle up at a ball in front of the kids and just like throw it away. Right. You know, because it's like, hey, the stats don't matter, guys. Like I'm all set. I know who scored. We know who's who's playing well, who isn't. Uh, I could care in the least who had the second assist on the twelfth goal. <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. Well, you know, as we're talking, I um, I've been watching you know NHL Network, and he's on quite a bit, and he's part of that Sport uh, Logic um, company, mm-hmm. stats and data and analytics metrics. Uh, Mike Kelly. So we should get him on for like a, a meal bag and have him because it it is pretty interesting because I you know we went to dinner one night and you know I think he blends the eye test in with the, the data and right. I think that's very important you know even at the highest level so I'd love to get his take on it so we'll uh, I'll have to reach out to him see if we can get him on yeah why not that'd be great that would be great um good question and uh we we thank my hockey rankings obviously it's that time of year state tournaments national tournaments um my hockey rankings you heard Ami talk about it myhockeyrankings.com people are obsessed but they really are and they do a heck of a job at um you know ranking teams and and, and you know making sure you that your opponents are you know pretty balanced and and uh, we've talked about it quite a bit but i can't thank uh, those guys enough for um you know for for their support of the shrinks yeah they they do a great job and you know they they serve a purpose at uh, multiple levels so you know if you're out there and it's getting down to crunch time here uh, for playoffs and such so you can check them out at myhockeyrankings.com yeah, Mott's a uh, couple final notes here. Obviously, March 8th was International Women's Day, so I want to shout out all the moms out there. Shout out, you know, the moms and our wives and, you know, our parents, that that uh, our mothers, right, that that had so much with uh, to do with us falling in love with the game of hockey and, and still loving it and being involved in it, right? Yeah, it's, it's so great. You know, the moms do so much work behind the scenes uh, at times, and uh, even the women who are in the game, Mm-hmm. A big thing on, um, you know, just pe- the girls that played and then they're in, say, like the broadcasting side of things and 
just growing the game. Uh, it's so great. So big shout out to uh, the women in, in hockey, including uh, our mom's wives. And my, I mean, my daughter's not a woman yet, but she's playing. So. Yeah, she's, she's playing. Still, no, and and girl, but like it's still part of it. You know? No, exactly. And I, 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 I mean, I think that factors into everybody, right? The women's, the sisters, right. like the you know, we wouldn't uh, be where we were if we weren't dragging around our sisters to the rink and them supporting us and things like that. So I think that it it kind of uh, it's International Women's Day, but it's also you know everybody, right? Like yeah. the the whole team. So it's uh, you know, we had Kev bombing around each rank, like <laughs> hanging out with us and, and, you know, she's in the mix and playing and coaching and stuff. So it's, it, it's everybody, right. It's the wives, the sisters, the moms, the, uh, who else am I forgetting? The aunts, right. Every, everybody, everybody, we, we, we thank everybody for the support. And I think it is really cool. Like you said, um, you know, Jennifer Botterell was on TNT last night and, mm-hmm. you know, she was talking about, you know, she has a few girls of her own and now she's given, you know, her girls have the opportunity uh, because of all the groundwork that, that, you know, woman like she kind of has laid, whether it's in media or management and um, in these different organizations that are really, really doing uh, great things. So it's, 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 you know, shout out to all the, uh, the women and girls out there. Yeah. Just let, I probably want to thank my uh, sister Kim for documenting um, her, uh, my squirt uh, state championship game on VHS uh, recorder. Uh, she had a little bit of a shaky hand, but she she worked she worked hard and she committed herself to both games. So, um, thanks, Kim. Yeah, there you go. Look at you. <laughs> Do you go back and pop that in? The VCR? I got it converted to DVD, but now like DVDs are now dinosaurs. DVD, yeah, now now our kids don't even know what a DVD is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but big shout awesome. out to Kim. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, dude, another thing while, while we're going through the final notes here, right? You know what drives me kind of crazy is referees like screaming at kids to get off the ice before the Zamboni door is shut. Like all these kids, I'm talking like games. You know what I mean? Like I saw a coach, uh, I'm sorry, a ref like lose his mind the other day because like the, the games are like 15 minutes late, like I was talking about, playoff games. And the kids are like chomping at the bit to get out there, and they they go out, there and the refs like get off the ice till the zamboni doors are shut. And it's like, dude, every rink's different. Like, there's no, you know, some zamboni drivers don't care. I think from a coaching perspective, you got to be smart about like not throwing out the biscuits, not throwing right. out pucks to the guys. Exactly. Um, but like, come on, man. Like, don't don't set the tone right off the bat. Like, I looked at the guy I'm uh, I'm coaching with, and I'm like, here we go. Like, here's this you know referee that's a complete hero. Yeah, take the cape off. Um, yeah, no, there is rules in place because you know the pucks would be getting out, and you know the guy has to get off the zamboni and shovel and whatnot. So it takes that little extra. And, you know, the ice is done, and the kids are just, and you're already on the bench, so. You know, right. like there's always like that kid that just has the one foot on the ice. Yeah. You know, uh, like, and which during practice, I'm always yelling at the kids, like, get off the ice, wait till the Zamboni doors are shut. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like practice, we're kind of going out the same door too. Yeah. Right. So you have that little like, but a lot of times we're walking out to the bench too. So because you want the pucks to get there and mm-hmm. all that crap. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I understand your frustration with that, you know, and, and it is really uh situational by you know rank or ref you know personality and you want to get the games moving as quickly as you can especially if they're running a little behind right 
Uh, and you don't want the, the pucks out there because, uh, again, you don't – you know, I'm not saying – I'm not trying to, like – the Zamboni driver's got an important job to do, and he's got a shovel. Like, you don't want him getting hit with the puck or anything like that, right? So, yeah. um, you know, we just, like – but just – maybe there's, like, a universal rule. Okay, like, nobody's allowed on the ice, but every rink's different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, every rink is different with it. Like, some Zamboni guys don't care. Some Some do. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so we we'll just get, keep our eyes and ears open for the ones that allow it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Mots, I wanted we got a note from a uh, a listener down in the Atlanta area, and I want to shout out the Atlanta Fire Program, which I've talked about. I was down there for a few years, and and Steve Jacobs Jr. Obviously, big uh, big Jake was the head coach of Cushing, and him and I worked down in Atlanta together for a few years. Um, he's back at Cushing now, but young Steve, who was my age, and we graduated from Cushing together. Um, he's running that fire program, and um, they have three teams heading to the nationals. Which, you know, the the our listener, you know, really was raving about the program, doing things the right way, the right way. And I know Steve uh, is a great dude and does a, a really good job. And you see it. Um, you know, I know there's this kids from all over the the country and the world now playing hockey, but you've seen that that spike uh, at Cushing in particular. Like there's a couple Atlanta kids that are playing high level prep school and a Division one uh, commit. So it's it's great to see. So I want to give those guys from the uh, fire program and Steve Jacobs a uh, a little plug here. You know that's that's great. And like even talking to Ami about the program in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, the Junior Penguins they, they have a strong program and. You know, I can say, you know, it started with uh, BY, you know, laying the groundwork, no? No, it was down there before <laughs> me. It wasn't me. No, so what? No, that's great. No, get, getting three teams uh, to, headed to the Nationals and somewhat of a non-traditional hockey market. That's great. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, Mots, we do, uh, as as we're closing out here, so we got a defensive camp. I want to just go through those and where they can register. You can register at therinkshrinks.com. Um, we're going to be doing defensive skills April 10th to June 5th. Uh, it's going to be eight weeks. There's going to be no skills on 529 Memorial Day because it's my 40th. Yeah. Um, so we'll still be getting together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, it's a holiday weekend uh, here. So take that day off. But again, eight weeks, uh, really, we've had a lot of success with, uh, with, with, with that and, you know, keeping the kids and really going over those, um, keeping the kids on the ice a little bit, not too much, you know, while they can still play other sports, but we're going to have uh, basically different birth years, 2014s, 13s, and 12s. They're going to be at 7 o'clock, and then at 8 uh, will be the 11s, 10s, 9s, and 8s. Um, you know, we, we try not to start them too, too young, but uh, we've, you know, we've really enjoyed everything. Uh, you know, we've we've done this for what? This, this year number three now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, number three. So uh, sign up today, therinkshrinks.com, and uh, hopefully we can uh, – we'll, work with your little guy or girl yeah no it's it's really fun because you put them in situational tendencies and it's not a lot of um time to break that down during the season when you have your practice times or if it's just half ice so i love to we love to construct drills according to what kids will see in games and you know give them the details of the position that can really matter so Make sure you uh, check out theringshrinks.com and sign up today. And uh, March, yeah, this is it for me. Last weekend of the of the regular of the of the season, not the regular season. Like this is semifinals, and you know, hopefully finals on Sunday, and then it's like a wrap. I'll be in tryouts starting 
on uh, on Monday afternoon. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, it's been a, a long haul since September. So I wanted to shout out all the hockey parents out there. It is a, a, a long season. It's a grind. It basically occupies every weekend for, what's it, eight months almost? Like it, it's a it's a long haul. So, you know, shout out to all the hockey parents that, you know, are committed to doing it and, you know, you know, your kids love it. And we, um, you know, we've had a good year and, and looking forward to hopefully bringing home a couple ships. Yeah. Well, best of luck. And we got uh, the States again this, this weekend. So hopefully. We'll and then are you guys done after that or do you have playoffs too? How's Play, that work? Playoffs is after that, but this was kind of like the big, okay. big thing for these, uh, these girls. So uh, playoffs after that, but we, um, yeah, hopefully we come back with a, a little hardware as well for, Coach, I'm a parade. Exactly. You know, dual parade. Yeah. No, that'd be great. We'll uh, bring it right over to Salty and for St. Patty's Day next (laughs) weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, once again, um, you know, that's a wrap. Next weekend's going to be a mailbag episode. So send us some questions. I'm sure we'll see plenty of of stuff in the ranks in the next couple, you know, this weekend and next uh, with tryouts and playoffs and all that good stuff going on. So email us, rinkshrinks at gmail.com. Um, leave us a voicemail, 3476-SHRINK. Again, that's 347-674-7465. We like getting the voicemails. Uh, you can always hit us up with, uh, with the messages on Instagram and Twitter, at the Rink Shrinks on Instagram, at Rink Shrinks on Twitter. Uh, we thank everybody for hitting us up on those social media platforms. It uh, keeps us going here, right? keeps us giving us content and, and things to talk about and Make sure you're, um, you know, liking, subscribing, following us on all that good stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the social uh, interaction is great, and we owe it all to the listeners. So keep all the questions and the comments, and make sure you try to do the, the voicemail. Like we, we haven't had one in a little bit. No, we need that. We need that. So I think, um, you know, once again, thanks to Colby Armstrong for jumping on with us. Some great messages there. And I think, Jersey, it's time to cue the Ring Shrink Shuffle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.